Well, hello there, boys, girls, and in-betweeners. Welcome to yet another episode of the Pointless Podcast. It's me, KP. How the hell are you? I received a very uh, interesting email this weekend about my intro. Of all things, I, I know times are tough. And the world is scary and dangerous, and our digi communication devices make it easy for someone to wiggle their e-worm into your life and trigger you by saying a thing that maybe they're doing it purposefully to get a rise out of you, or maybe their uh, willful, blissful ignorance has led to you being enraged. But this particular email uh, took offense to my intro, which is boys, girls, and in-betweeners. Hello there. Um, there is a spectrum of of, uh, of identification that I'm unaware of. And when I say boys on one end of this spectrum, my spectrum, the one that I know, and girls on the others, other, then there's the in-between. I'm ignoring the outliers. What lies beyond boy or girl? or girl, or whatever that identification is. Now, in my mind, I don't know that it's a ruler. This flat little spectrum, boys on one side, girls on the other, and then you got the in-between. Maybe it's a circle. Hmm. Now, isn't that a different geometric shape? I don't mean to get all true detective on you with your identifications of a, a, a flat circle and honor there. Well, what happened to season two? Oh, no, we're out of steam. I... I was I was upset that my uh, intro, which was generated from the hip, I mean, completely shooting from the hip, no aiming down the sights here, pew pew, ages ago, but was meant to be inclusive. You know, that was, uh, I, I find solace and comfort and that was my default. It was like, hey, what's up, boys and girls? Oh, there's, there's some people don't identify as, how about in-betweeners? How about everyone? Hey, that's, at the end of the day, I'm not changing the intro. <laughs> the spirit of it is is to be inclusive, is to make everybody feel welcome, warm, and great. And, uh, you know, that's on you if you assume that I'm seeing identification as boys on one side, girls on the others, and you got to fit in between. If you feel like you're beyond that, then you got to get with the 4D chess that I'm playing, man, which is, this is a, it's a Fibonacci sequence of sexuality. It's an Escher-esque painting of, uh, of, of gender uh, definitions, and it breaks those defi- I, I, I feel bad. I feel bad that my, what I, like a delightful intro for me, that I smile and I say it cheerily each and every time. I hate that there's someone out there whose shoulders rocket up to their earlobes when they hear that intro now, and I hope they continue listening because I'm not gonna change it. Um, I know the spirit and the intent of my intro. I am sorry if that butts up against uh, uh, your world and your definition of things. I also hope that you could see it uh, as three seconds of a two hour long podcast that if the rest of it brings you immense joy and, and pleasure and delight and helps distract you from your day, then huzzah, let's round that up to a win together. And if not, I am I'm sorry. Sorry for the loss, the loss of a listener and the loss of a lover. Um, it happens. And, I, you know, I'm, it's fun. As I'm saying this, I'm going like, well, it's the spirit and the intent of what I'm saying. It's not the, the actual words. And I'm thinking about, uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but hot off the presses, 
Deadmau5, as my brother calls him, Deadmau5 to anybody who uh, is in the ETM scene, uh, who steps on dubs and likes their wubs crunchy. Deadmau5 uh, maybe deleted his Twitch account? I'm very well aware of that button and how it works. But he was banned temporarily because he used uh, the F word. Uh, he, he dropped a, 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 a hate a hateful word. It's ter- termed as hate speech. He got reported by people in his chat room for using that word. And his defense of that usage was essentially the, the sort of the spirit of the usage. Uh, and I hate that my defense is, <laughs> is aligning with his when I think they're two very different things. But it, I guess that's what you would think and say if you were trying to defend yourself under such a context. So maybe I need to take a step back and rethink things, but I'm not re-recording the intro. I will say that uh, I understand what Dr. Mouse, D- D- Dead Mouse 5, is saying. I, 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 if he says there's no bigotry in his heart, that he just got uh, uh, triggered and enraged during a match of, of player unknowns battlegrounds, and he let the F word fly, um, you know, I'll believe him at the surface level that he's, He's not a bigot. He's not homophobic. He's not whatever. Uh, like, oh, okay. If that's who you say you truly are, that's fine. But what I found incredibly lacking was uh, there was... And now I'm like doing the apology police thing, which is another thing that I hate about. Like, if so, But you should go look up what he said and, and kind of look at what he didn't say as well. Because what I took away from it was that he was sorry that, you know, maybe it upset people, but he's not sorry that shitheads in Twitch chat who are looking for a reason to get someone banned leapt all over it and he's not sorry that he's leaving a platform that uh, that maybe has uh, inconsistent policing policies and all sorts of, he said all this stuff but at the end of the day don't use the word just don't use it it doesn't, it doesn't matter that for you it's devoid of, uh, of the root connotation just don't use it or, or say, oh, sorry, I should find another word to uh, to twitch and scream uh, when I'm on Twitch. I should find another default to sort of uh, Tourette's out when I'm in the heat of a battle. And whoopsie, there it goes. And I'm so angry because I got headshotted. Fucking wall hacker. Fucking anything else. Fucking use that F word instead of the F word that you did use. Because you know that, like, it's a loaded word. You know that it, it, it comes from a, a, a place of hate. And even though it's been massaged and... Uh, modified and it's got a little liquid over the years as as when it's cool to say and not like I'm looking at you 90s surge commercials <laughs> like just don't use it now and so I felt like I get what you're saying about the intent I understand that but the the word itself is so bad and so now I'm in the context of that I'm, I'm sort of rethinking my intro and and I, I don't know that I'm using a specific word or term or not using something that wouldn't be inclusive or that would somehow be offensive. I don't know, but someone did get offended. So where do you draw the line? Is it one offense? Is it a, is it a numbers game? Do I have to get enough emails to go, oh, my intro is problematic and I need to change that? Is that what I need to do? Should I make my intro more problematic so that I can see exactly how polarizing a podcast can be and just watch the numbers dwindle or watch them sharply nose up? Or maybe more people will listen and more because they want to <laughs> hear how offensive the intro can be. I've wasted minutes of your life on this. I'm, I, am, I, am, I am actually sorry about that. My guest today, Dr. Gary Schliffer. And it's weird saying, I call him Dr. Gary, 
but it's weird to officially introduce him as such because uh, Gary's a buddy of mine. I love Gary. Uh, I love our chats. I like his outlook on the world. Uh, he is very passionate about a lot of things. Most recently, he is 10 kinds of fired up about nutrition, uh, about the medical industry uh, at large, um, East versus West, and why does it got to be versus? Can't we all kumbaya, drum circle, kick a hacky sack and get along? And of course, anti-vaxxers. We're going to touch on all that. You're going to learn about uh, Gary's trajectory, uh, the current state of the industry, his thoughts on nutrient-dense foods and what those are and uh, how they can better your life. Um, and I think we get to some very pragmatic things, which is uh, a first for this podcast. And I know from those tuning in live and chatting and from the discussions on Patreon that people really enjoyed this cast. Uh, so I hope you do as well. And I really hope Dr. Gary... Uh, launches his own podcast, which leads to his own movement. And then someday I can be a guest on his show and he can tell me what went wrong with my bones and my blood because everything is wrong. I am a sick, sick boy. Uh, nevertheless, uh, enjoy the Pointless Podcast with Dr. Gary Schliffer. And and if you do like it, heaven forbid, you go to patreon.com slash pointless pod. Again, that's patreon.com slash pointless pod. Head on over there. Throw a couple dollars my way. It helps me keep the lights on, justify this vanity project of a podcast to my co-founders and my employees, uh, and uh, it lets me make more. So if you like it, please support it. And if you don't have the dollars to throw my way, I get it. No worries. Use your social currency. Uh, I appreciate everybody I see on Twitter and on the MyFace. Uh, and I don't see much on Instagram, but I don't really get how that still works on Instagram. I'm just too old and too tired. But use your social currency and tell people that the Pointless Podcast is here. They can subscribe for free. Or, of course, they can go to patreon.com slash pointlesspod to back this madness at a couple bucks a month. We got exclusive office hours podcasts over there. We got behind-the-scenes videos. We did an unboxing of a uh, poopsie surprise unicorn. That's a thing that I spent 50 bucks on. Oh boy, lots of great content. Patreon.com slash PointlessPod, check it out. Uh, also, we're hanging out on Discord and we're playing a lot of Anthem and Apex Legends lately. So get in there, get your game on, and enjoy the Pointless Podcast with Dr. Gary. That was a kissy. Were you born with a, a Tetris block? Oh my God. In one hand. I love And Tetris. a dash cam in the other. How yeah. Russian are you? How... Um, born in Russia, like I like to say, ten to twenty percent Russian. Okay, but I mean I that's was... enough to be untrustworthy. Yeah. I appreciate that. And and scrupulous. Yeah. You've got thirteen tracksuits. <laughs> My Adidas. <laughs> if you squint and focus on your third eye, you can sprout a unibrow. <laughs> it's funny. Like I grew up with that, and then I rebelled hard. Really, and I would refuse to buy an Adidas anything because I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like Fober guy. But um, no, I came when I was three and. Just all my friends are American, so I lost it. And now as I'm getting older, I'm trying to like to buy all the Adidas, it, right? all the Adidas tracksuits, <laughs> all the feel of gear. Like, I want it all. I want everything polyester on my body. Your morning routine is just three different bathhouses in between a well, Starbucks. With the, the banyan with leaves. The, yeah, the leaves, yeah, yeah. Beat me, Igor. Oh, I, I love, love that, that trick. I love mm. that stuff. It's, it's, it, I, now, is it actually good for you? I'm sure it is. It's like exfoliating. Yeah, I'm not sure that it is. 
Because the, the, the whole point of the banyan leaves is to rip open like micro tears in your skin, right? And then supposedly the oils from the leaves mm. get into said is micro that I'm getting tears. Oh, no. no, that's <laughs> fine. And that's the biggest thing is that like, I, I asked them to thwack my erection yeah. away. Yeah. I'm like, you guys have got to get rid of this. This is, this is unholy. It. It, it gets him going. Oh, he's got an erection. Let's whip him harder. <laughs> no, but you know what made me think of is it's like an acute stress, right? Like we... We think about stress as a bad thing, mm -hmm. but I actually more recently I've started thinking about, and I, I forget what podcast I heard it on somewhere along the way of my education, but there's acute stress and chronic stress, right? So chronic stress is suppressive. It's like work stress. It's it's life, you know. Got a, I've got a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got three kids that I don't want to acknowledge. I, this stress is building up and slowly destroying me. Chronic depression, it creates that stress, right? But the acute stresses, right? Things like uh, fasting, things like cold, cold immersion. Therapy, yeah. I feel like that- Weightlifting, powerlifting. Weight, uh, exercises, yeah. like daily aggress, right? We talk about like minimal, minimal, minimal effective dose mm -hmm. training, right? It's that acute stress that your body thrives on, right? And so I think that's something important for, I talk about with this with patients all the time, like, you want acute stress. You can't live in a little bubble of warmth and like a little cushion and everything's warm and everything's heated and everything's, no, you gotta have some discomfort so that you can appreciate the comfort so that your cells can adapt. And you know, so I don't know, that's like a big picture sort of message I'm right. really trying to get across well, to we'll people. Get, yeah, and we'll get into that. Cause it's not, when you say it's that you can, you can appreciate the comfort. It's not so that like, spiritually, emotionally, you can go, oh, I like sitting around the fire. That's more comfortable than the, than the freezing cold. But what you said was at the cellular level, right. pushing, pushing that growth within your body. And even on a, and even on an emotional level, right? Like if you're sitting by a fire every day, it kind of gets old. You're like, Meh. it's nice. <laughs> it's warm. Okay. Whatever. But if you're out there, you know, it's like that when you go skiing or snowboarding, or you're like out there in the snow and like you work really hard all day, that warmth at the end of the day feels really good. Because it's juxtaposition to being cold all day and working hard all day. But clinically, though, is that providing antidepressant properties? That that feeling, that gratitude for the fire, or you're just saying like it's just good to be, it's just good to have perspective on things. I mean, look, we're animals. We have to do stuff. Sitting indoors and not using our bodies, not using our brains, not. Just being comfortable and like watching TV, it's bad. It's bad. We have to channel our sort of our ancestors, our animalistic path. Ah, our ancestors are wrong, man. Uh, I want right. Avatar braid fucking. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I want to merge with the machine. I want Alphabet to come in and hook me up to the Google device. So I just I'm in I'm in a Cisco router somewhere. I don't need just this sitting in your sack. house. Beow, beow, Not beow, even beow, sitting beow. in the house. Just beam me in. Just take it. Take my ones and zeros. That's where we're heading. We're definitely heading there, and I don't know how that affects our health. Honestly, there's good things. Like, I use technology, you know, all the time to help people, right? There's a lot of tech, but I don't know to what end, right? I, I, it gets tricky when with this AI, with this uh, constantly being in your screen. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it, it squashes your brain to stare at the screen all day. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe when they plug it into our brain, it'll be better. Yeah, when we are the screen. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Or like you're just seeing it in your visual field. Oh, That's coming. Yeah, of course. Those it is. implants? Of course it is. If we can survive long enough to see that, we, I, someone we, will. Maybe not all of us. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Dr. Gary, mm. uh, 
what? Why did you just pet a hairless cat when I said Dr. Gary? Oh, I love it. That? I love it. I'm embracing my Dr. Gary. You should. Yeah. You should. You're you're a friend and a physician. Yeah. Uh, those aren't mutually exclusive. Um, for those uh, watching live, for those who are uh, getting the podcast on a, on a delay, they are subscribed. They're listening to this, and it's a conversation between two people. But why should they believe you, Doctor oh boy. Gary? Oh what boy. framed bullshit am, um, do you know, have on the walls? <laughs> what, what online course did you go through? Was it a, a, a thirteen lesson Vimeo series that was pay gated? Did I've you just listen to, to Joe Rogan? I've listened to every podcast <laughs> ever, and I know everything now. No, but I do love podcasts as a resource. Uh, but no, my background, so I'm an internal medicine physician. Uh, I trained in Indiana University. Um, so Is I that guess, like an online thing? Yeah, yeah, Indiana. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, the Indiana University. No, it was great. It was great training. I was in Indiana. I just So I've been in private practice now for the last three years. And sort of, I guess my story was... I was always a kid, I was always raging against the machine. Like I was always doing my own thing. I was always kind of against the norm and trying to find my own path. And now in my professional life, I've sort of found myself raging against the machine. And it's sort of surprising to me. It was surprising to me throughout my whole training through medical school, I was always sort of frustrated and angry and trying to find, not angry, but trying to find the truth. Mm -hmm. Because it was everything was always confusing to me. I'd learned some science, and I'd be like, "Well, but what we're doing doesn't add up. Like it doesn't make sense with what you're teaching me." And so now, in my private practice, I've spent I spend all my energy trying to kind of find that balance, mm -hmm. right? Figure out with all the knowledge I have, and with all the new knowledge out there, and try to synthesize all this and give people direction. Because it's it's complicated out there. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of opinions right. about health, about wellness, and about I love disease. That, like you're into like leeches and bloodletting oh, yeah. and microdosing mercury, which I think is fantastic. Oh, I'm into like, you know all the, the poisons. Old school meets new school. <laughs> no, what I think I you're wanna, saying. I want to unpack that really quick because I think that's important. That uh, so from a young age, raging against the machine, got that. But while going through medical school, here's some new information, and you were. Accepting it, refusing to accepting it, uh, refusing to accept it, didn't understand how it would add up. Like, what yeah. can you yeah, give yeah, me yeah. an example? Like, you know, as a, I think a doctor, I was a scientist too before. Um, I, I did some neuroscience research, got some publications. So that's another reason why to, to believe what I have to say. Okay. But I, I, I worked at a UCLA Department of Psychology with a really brilliant guy, uh, Hugh Blair. And um, we did some really really fascinating stuff on, um, uh, we were recording neurons in rats' brains and trying to figure out how we learn, mm -hmm. how we learn spaces, Pavlovian fear conditioning. So I was going- like Putting them through like a yeah, American literally. Gladiator course oh my for God, rats and then seeing what pathways form. Like oh my what? God, it was so cool. I, um, I would build these little micro electrode arrays, literally like build them. We would, yeah. th this guy would design it, I would build it and then we would implant them into the rats' brains. I would do a craniotomy, take off the skull implanted in the rats brains then this thing would they would plug this thing in this so that that's where i helped then we'd plug it into this huge computer that would analyze individual electrodes and then basically so is it try generating to, a map of that rat's brain like a slice of time it was generating a map of little chunks of the brain that we thought were important in spatial learning okay and there's something these incredible things called space cells that fire in spe specific spaces when a rat is in a 
field. Mm -hmm. And then someone discovered this, these geniuses, um, I think they're out of Norway, they actually won the Nobel Prize for this. They found something called grid cells, which fire in a grid-like pattern. And they were able to develop a computational model that you could take these grid cells and develop any, and like map out any space. So when we talk about ones and zeros for a computer, mm -hmm. how does the brain remember? Like, vast amount of information, way more than any supercomputer right. we Where have. Where is it stored in there? Ones and what? Ones and zeros? It's not. Okay, we have neurons. Great. How do they communicate? How do they store all this stuff? So at least for, for spatial memory, which is, you know, incredible, like you can close your eyes and walk yourself through this place, right? Mm -hmm. How does your brain do that? How does your brain remember it? And so that's what we're hoping to find out. And that's what these people found, these grid cells. We also have play, uh, head direction cells, sort of like a compass in your brain. So, so the, we have this spatial cells for, okay, this is the box that I'm in. And then we have like these orientation cells to know which way you're facing in the box. And then how do you integrate? So the idea was that these grid cells were integrating these different cell inputs and creating these spatial maps in your brain. And, and you were discovering all this in an alley behind a five yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. just peeling open was, rat brains <laughs> and jamming electrodes in there? I was actually, because it's pretty invasive, you know, animal research. Sure. We were like down a few flights below the psych building at UCLA. I mean, it was all like legit research. Of people are very, you know, people can get very angry with, with this stuff, but um, that's how we learn. I mean, that's how new science is made. To connect this back to what you asked me. Yeah, where's the pushback coming from though? So that made me a scientist, right? Mm -hmm. So this guy taught me to question everything, to, to come up with, you know, my own idea because we don't know. So you have to, you got to figure it out. So when I went to medical school, so I, I was going to do neuroscience. It, it didn't fit for me. Uh, I, my, my family's in medicine and I guess to not sound like silly, but I, I do feel like I want to heal people. And I, that is a big part of my motivation of, of being, you know, even on this podcast, just to, 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 to share what I have to say, wrong, right? Wrong venue. Uh, <laughs> wrong venue. Uh, I'm sure your, your listeners want to learn, man. It's all about learning and happening in an open mind. Of course. So anyway, I went to med school and I was just like, what are we talking about? Like, you know, why are we even learning this old archaic stuff? Always resistant to trying to understand why they would make me memorize things I, would, I knew I would never use. So you're still asking me to prove myself. That was frustrating. And then um, I got into clinical practice and I just saw everyone all over the place. And I thought, and I guess in my fantasy world, I was like, doctors really know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and it's every day is an episode of House. There's a story arc. You ever, the team gets together. And they talk about diagnosis why. diagnosis is diverticulitis. Exactly. Or some, some random word they yeah. yeah. Then uh, she goes into shock and it's like, hold on. And you oh stare at a yo-yo or a spinning top and you're like, I know what it is now. Do you watch House? I loved House. I loved House. Yeah, yeah. great character. I'm assuming not an accurate representation well, of the medical field. I was going to say, I loved House. And then I learned some basic medicine. And I'm like, wow, they're just picking random words out of the yeah. lexicon and like making a story like about it. Like my brother's in law enforcement. And every day I call him like, did you enhance today? <laughs> like what? I'm like, were you in a lab yelling enhanced? And then suddenly a blurry blob of pixels on a screen becomes uh, suspect number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like call in the troops and everyone's there. Yeah, right away. And yeah. the door gets kicked in and there it's you go. It's not like that. You got a guy peeling back rat brain saying, I'm building better math. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did we? What did you find out about the rat brains, though? We'll, we'll get. What to did the, I? I don't know. But you got. You got to. You got to be really careful so they don't bleed out when you. Put, <laughs> no, oh oh god. Oh god. Not that part. Oh, I, god. Get, I get. Rat science can be tricky. I get animal science can be tricky. The, with the grid cells and the spatial awareness cells, did you did you stumble upon a path of how we actually store spatial information? Well, and were you able to fuck with it and make the rats think they're in an Escher-like place or just make them run in place? 
What did you do? What? Well, okay. So the our we were sort of doing adjuvant research to what these folks figured out with these grid cells. We were trying to prove a ma computational model of uh, of those grid cells. Were we successful? Honestly, we didn't have enough rats to prove, but it, it was it was good research and it, it's so relevant. It got put published in a nice journal. I love this. But the did, goal the goal to with the algorithm and correct part of my ignorance if I'm wrong uh, was it to to figure out oh. Here's the algorithm. We can plug it into these grid cells, and then what comes yes, out is a model of the space. Yes, it's amazing. So that's insane. The guy, why I always talk this guy up because he's so brilliant is you're a neuroscientist who understands physiology and biology, and then he was a computer scientist who understands how to code things, right. how algorithms work. I get we're, CAD. We, we'd want to bridge the gap. Like, how do our neurons work? How do they communicate with each other? We don't know. You know, we're we're learning every day, and so you need these guys who can marry technology and, and algorithms with with physiology mm -hmm. and so he d he did some great work like we, we also did a study where we we did uh fear conditioning we would teach rats to fear uh, a buzz to their eyelid with a tone and what we showed is that if you turn off the opposite side of the brain they don't remember they, they can't learn so they that, need both sides they to, need the to attach the tone to the fear. They need of the, the opposite shock. side of the eyelid stimulus. Whoa. So like your brain is lateralized and and it integrates in these complicated ways and, and it crosses over and, and it's just so complicated, right? And and we, we pretend to know a lot about neuroscience, but you know, we're like you know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out the basic laws, the way Newton figured out the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at with neuroscience. And you're getting banned one Petco at a time. Yeah, you yeah, don't care. Yeah. You press yeah. on. You'll find more rats, baby. So those guys, those, those, the, those investigators, they get crushed by animal activists. Ah. It's very hard for them. Well, that's a that's a whole other topic, whole other which topic. I'd much rather focus on the on the pushback, yeah. which has led you to sort of because you you went into the regular practice and were pretty quickly disillusioned. Yeah, I mean, I was really- Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, okay. I will say even before then, I was disillusioned during residency. I was, I had a really intense residency. I saw a lot of- For those, people. De what define residency? Residency, in, so, in a, I love it, yeah. So after medical training, you become a doctor in medical school. Then you have to learn how to actually practice medicine. So you go to residency and that's where people become whatever special kind of doctor they are. I became an internal medicine doctor. So I specialize in adults and chronic medical diseases. You know, you could become a surgeon, you could become a psychiatrist or a family doctor, and that's what residency does. It teaches you how to do that. So I did my training in in, uh, in Arizona, Arizona College of Osteopathic Medicine, and then I wanted to go to a really intense kind of university uh, style training program, like kind of like what you see on, you know, house, yeah. right? Where you have all like your fellows and your residents and your medical students, and I got that, and it was really good. It was very intense and a lot of hours and a lot of sick people, a lot of death and a lot of, it was intense. Mm -hmm. And I was always like arguing, asking questions. Why are we doing this? What, why do we not, you know, like for example, like um, my first rotation on oncology wards, right? So this is inpatient people with cancer. They're very, 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 very sick. Mm -hmm. And I see this guy 
Uh, it's my first day, and they call me, Dr. Schliffer, your patient's dying. I'm like, okay, I got here 10 minutes ago. But anyway, I run over there. And You're like, I got to toast well, you this fucking do it. bagel. Yeah, no, yeah. hold I got to wait. This is my uh, bagel. This fuck, is my turn. Fuck the no. bagel. I got to go handle this business, right? It's like a code. Yeah. So I run over there. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This is my first year of residency. And and person's li- like dying in real literally time in front like, of you. Like, I mean, I, it's sad, but he's literally like having like a bad stroke oof. type, like the end part. And I like, and I hadn't met him, but he was assigned to me. Right. His whole family's in there, and I'm just like, you know, this is the end, everyone, and kind of talked everyone through it. And it was it was something that I've become really good at, but at the time was like so hard, right? Because you got to suppress your own emotional response. And so he's sitting there dying, and I'm with like ten family members in this room, and it's he's like my age. We were the same age. This kid it was a sad situation. He was in his early thirties. And so I kind of, and then my attending shows up with the rest of the team because time to round. He walks in and just kind of like nods his head and I'd already said everything. And Mm -hmm. we step out the room and he's like, okay, next patient. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, I'm, I'm about to cry. Like, I need to get this out. Like, I was just really strong for this family. And by the way, I'm a first year resident. I've, this is maybe my second or third situation like this and nothing, right? Nothing. There's we don't no, budget that in we don't, schedule. There's no line item we can bill an HMO for that yeah. grieving time. So uh, we hey, had to check I, it on the iPad and move on to the next bed. We got 10 more patients to see and I got a meeting in an hour. Let's go. And yeah. so that, like, for example, that end of life stuff, the resident wellness stuff, like taking care of the doctors and trainees, I was just shocked. Like, we don't do it. So I was just constantly complaining. I was constantly like, well, why don't we take time out? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And sure enough, by the end of my residency, they started programs. And this is becoming like a thing in medical training because, you know, the suicide rate for physicians is three times the national average, right? These are healthcare professionals. And and why is that? These are the people we should be taking care of. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just that, um, you know, we don't focus on spirituality, like your emotions are thought of like psychiatry, right? I think medicine is lacking the spirit, the the talk about the energy, right? We you, well, like our, the, we talk about energy. Yeah, you that's know what the I mean? Eastern Western disconnect yeah. that happens so often, and it's like you got to choose a team. And I'm like, I live in the gray most often. It's not black or white. That balance that should be for me. It's it's in between. It's acknowledging the the immense benefits to vaccinations. <laughs> penicillin western medicine great but that eastern philosophy and noticing energy and and just the idea like okay western medicine is great and like having double blind placebo control studies to have like your highest burden of proof and evidence that's great but like to say isn't the fact that placebo is so effective so many times isn't that evidence that there might be something but isn't that evidence that just how powerful spirituality the emotional connection to health should be and just because we can't measure it and then can't do a double blind placebo control study on it doesn't mean it's not there right right and not not just because it's we can't write an article about it and prove it behind a reasonable doubt shouldn't we should acknowledge it right so they're starting to Mm -hmm. and this is something i really really pushed for is let's talk about this stuff. And so I remember- well, What was, the, what was the, the breaking point for you? What was the straw that broke this medical camel's back where you said, no, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. We need chakra charts. Yeah, it was, uh, so I, towards the end of that uh, rotation, I started 
realizing that the doctors that deal with this stuff, this like death stuff all the time, not all of them, you know, I'm not painting, but a sure, lot sure. of them, they just shut it down. Yeah. They shut down their emotions. They sh or, or they're people that don't have that energy portal open, that, that love, that heart portal. It's closed, it's guarded, and so they can do this job. They can go in every day and just sort of plug in, plug away at seeing this stuff. For me, it just, every patient chipped away at me because I was like, we're not taking the right approach. We need to not create false hope, but be realistic. We need to not talk about some lab that's irrelevant, but talk about how you feel and what you want. And maybe we should change our goals of care from do everything to do things that only make you comfortable since that's the most important thing is to enjoy your life and feel good. And we can't change the course of, right? So after just- and you're screaming this on a table in a cafeteria. Oh my God. Golden stethoscope. Oh my like, God. Gary, shut the fuck up. We got to get just back just to- fucking all the time. And I'd just be like, and I got to the point where we'd be rounding and they'd ask me a question. And I'd be like, is that even relevant? And they'd be like, how can you, you know, talk to us? And I'd be like, how can we even be talking about this? Like- this isn't dignity. This isn't, this isn't like caring for people. This is like robotic. We're talking about research studies when we should be talking about love, you know? And we, we did it. And, and that was really disillusioning for me. Mm -hmm. So end of life care became a big focus when I was in residency. And then, um, so I finished my residency, thankfully. And it, again, I got great training and then I went into private practice and I wasn't really trained to be an outpatient doctor. So an outpatient doctor is a doctor that you come see in the clinic and they like make sure you're doing well. I was trained to be a hospital doctor, to really take care of people. But I quickly realized that I really can't intervene on someone's life in the hospital. Right. Whatever the situation is, has grown to a point where <laughs> it needs immediate care. And right. you just got to treat the symptoms, get rid of it, get back out. And the hospital system is such that Everyone's trying to save money. There's right. like managed care. So there's like three days to take care of X diagnosis and then they're out or we're losing money. And then you get like a case manager pressing you to discharge. I always laugh because recently I had, was in the, like an urgent care situation with April and I looked up and there was a monitor um, that had like, it had like a, like a real time view of the patients that were in, how long they've been in, what phase of like the treatment that yeah. they're in, have they just been yeah. onboarded, their vitals, yeah. moved to here, moved to there. And it looked exactly like the screen at a Taco Bell fucking yep. drive-through. If you look on up and you see that as an order number 12. Great hey, observation. Yeah, man. get the nacho cheese ready, get their chips. Did you ask if they want fire sauce? Get them the fuck out of the queue. Let's go, let's whip them through. And I was like, wow, we are 100% in a quota, we're in a system, we're in a queue, and we're just being managed and pushed through this every step of the way. And, you know, you could argue that there's a role for that. Sure. You need urgent cares, you need emergency rooms, but we also need to like slow down sometimes and have a doctor-patient relationship and all these algorithms and sort of protocols that are driven by data do not take into account looking at someone in the eyes and being like, Damn, you're depressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, they gave me some a, doctors like, no, actually, that's a field on our spreadsheet. Uh, I did mandatory no. eye contact for 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. And I did a reassuring shoulder squeeze with consent. Check that. Like, it's like, no, that's not, that's and, not. And yeah, you get, you have a PHQ 9, like these questionnaires are, are they depressed, right? There, uh, there's yeah. like data driven stuff. Pick but the smiley face on the chart. Which one are I'm you? I'm going right? to tell you, if you're a feeling thinking, 
emotional, spiritual being, you I'm can not, but I'll pretend. Look, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you do a good job <laughs> pretending. <laughs> if you can feel someone, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think that that's our, not enough training, not enough emphasis is put on like real, real, um, um, and I hate, there's not a better word, but that energy, feeling someone's energy, feeling where they're coming from. And all it does, it's not a lot of questions. It's just like sit down and, but if I'm worried about documenting, if I'm worried about that, uh, the Taco Bell menu right, thing, yeah. you know, and there's like a timer on everything. You just, you can't be a real person. And, yeah. and, and that, that is just incredibly frustrating. And what you said is right. There's a time and place for that. Yeah. Getting people urgent yeah. care, getting them through. Yeah. Great. But that maybe wasn't exactly what you were signing up for. I didn't, you know, I, I think I had a, you know, fantasized idea, like a Dr. House idea of what yeah. I was getting myself into. And when I got to it, I, I realized there was something really missing. So, so, so after training, when I started my own practice, I was still confused, man. Like I didn't know, I didn't have good recommendations for weight loss. Like everyone's obese and people are struggling with metabolic disease. I didn't know how to like, you know, there's like a Mediterranean diet, there's low fat diet and none of that ever made sense to me. And I didn't well, even- Were they even teaching nutrition? A little bit. <laughs> Wait a minute, what do you mean you a little think. bit? So, so now- That's, That blows my mind, that you went through so many years of training and education and nutrition is like the fundamental building block to pretty much everything, in my, in my very untrained opinion. But like that- Can I tell you a story? Please. This is where, I, I didn't notice it at the time, but this is where I like think back and when I sort of, so I'm a, I'm, I'm really, I'm a metabolic doctor. I'm a nutrition food, that's what I do. As a primary care doctor, like the medicine part is pretty easy. It really is. But to get people to be healthier, I try to teach them that food is medicine. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. And how, how did I get there? Well, it wasn't because of my training, <laughs> you know? But I, so the story is, um, so the, I was a little further in my training, maybe second or third year, and I had this really bad diabetic Diabetic is like high blood sugar, uh, diabetes. And he in the South, they call it the sugar. The, the high sugars. Which really <laughs> deflates exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's got a case of the sugars. the sugars. Oh, that sounds so sweet. It's like, no, no, that foot is going to fall off. Oh, speaking of a falling off foot, so this man's foot is rotting off of his body, and he's going to die, and the surgeon's trying to cut it off, and my job as the internist is to get his sugar down so that it's a safe surgery. Because if your surgery, if your sugars are too high, it's just not safe. That the surgeon won't take you into the operating. Oh, wow. So not even get the sugar down so the foot can heal. It's oh like, no. no, that's that's oh, a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah. You just need to get it down so you can cut, cut it, off. it off. Can I ask a tangent question? Maybe. I've never known why they. Why does the foot go first? Because the blood vessels, the further the blood vessels go away from your heart, they get smaller, mm -hmm. and so they're more susceptible to the poisonous effects of. Uh, sugar in your blood mm. the same is true with nerves right so when you talk about neuropathy with people with diabetes it's like in the feet usually because it's so far away those nerves are very susceptible they're smaller um, there's less blood flow right most people with high sugars are going to have plaques in their arteries and so less blood yeah, flow to pump it on down to the extremities yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. there's resistance to flow yeah okay and, and the and they're more susceptible they're smaller blood vessels they're smaller nerves um so to try to get this kind uh, of simplistic explanation of that, yeah. To try to get this patient's surgery ready, you were looking up so I'm prescription pumping, pills. No, 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 no. Pumping insulin. I'm in pumping insulin, dude. Every day, I'm or like just jamming kale into his mouth, yeah, yeah. like it's a Vitamix, just well, plunging it like foie gras. At, you know, in medicine in the hospital, most of what I'm doing is ordering stuff on the computer, right? Right, because that's what I am in the hospital now. Um, so I'm ordering, you know. Okay, first day I'm like increasing the sugars. Sugars, I'm increasing the insulin. Sugars going up. Increasing the 
the insulin more. Sugar's going up. I order a diabetic educator nutritionist consult. Sugar goes up the next day. And I'm like, now the surgeon's on my case. He's like, dude, uh, like weekends coming. I'm not going to, you know, yeah, that's a thing too in the hospital. Weekends yeah. coming. So, yeah, not know, my shit. I'm, not I'm going to, to ask yeah, this yeah, yeah, weekend. I got to, a double black diamond. It's to get, Thursday. Yeah, no, it's a real thing. Um, and so, so then I'm like, all right, let's see what's really going on. And I like, coordinate my visit to him with the diabetic educator nutritionist lady. And I walk in and dude is eating a cheeseburger with a bun, a whole baked potato with all the fixings. And I'm like, holy, holy shit. Like, I keep telling you you're going to die. And this foot needs to come off and you're eating this shit. And he's like, well, it's on my carb control diet. And I never really thought about it, right? I just ordered like a carb control diet. That's what you order for a diabetic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is on the, and I look at the diet. She's like, yeah, well, we just count the carbs. And like we add, and I'm like, that's what the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah. what? So you just, he's just gonna eat more and you're gonna give him more insulin? Like, no, this isn't right. But I didn't have an answer. I didn't really understand it. And I got in an argument with the, with the dietitian lady, like an argument. She's like, well, my son's a hospitalist and we talk about this all the time. And, and that's, I think, where my, the, the beginning of my questioning dietary guidelines, questioning, nutrition education, questioning use of medications, period, right? Like, how do we use drugs in this country? Not just for diabetes, but psychiatric meds. Mm -hmm. Like, are we just putting bandages on problems and not fixing them? I'm starting to think that's what I was trained to do. And so over the last three years, I've gone on this sort of, I guess, journey, for lack of a better word, of self-educating myself. Um, I read a million books and built a, like a company to try to educate others as I'm going through my education, which we could talk about. But I mean, I've really had to give myself an education in wellness and preventative care, even though I so went. that's that's when we had this discussion, yeah. you know, offline. That always what struck me as so um, fascinating and and simultaneously depressing was that you could have years and years and years of training, be in it, and then go, oh, now I have to really teach myself what wellness is about. Instead of playing whack-a-mole with dire symptoms, how do we stop the moles from popping up in the first? How do we get rid of the holes in general? We shouldn't need a fucking mallet anymore. We shouldn't need a fucking mallet. Yeah. And then, like, so that, that story is an example of yeah. like, you can't just keep beating the shit with drugs. Yeah. You have to look at the root cause, right? And, and the root cause... Not enough ketamine. Oh, Let's get to drugs. it, Gary. Drugs. <laughs> drugs. No, Another I, one of my big interests. Well, I, it's, an, it's ver a very interest to me. It, it absolutely There's a is. lot of misunderstanding. And what just happened, uh, at least the story that popped up in my feed mm -hmm. less than 24 hours ago, and I promise for those tuning in, we will get back to health and wellness. You Ooh. went to a big summit very recently. Oh, it was great. Metabolic summit. That metabolic is all about health summit. Treating everything basically with nutrition, right? Or at least... Well, it's just, it's, it's accepting the fact that we do not have nutrition recommendations, right? Which I am comfortable well, we got saying. The, we got the pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid. They the turned the pyramid into a plate and, and it's a bunch we, of bullshit. Oh, what, you're, you're supposed to eat mm. an animal liver that's the size of a fist. All the animals, macaron. all the breads. Yeah, isn't that what it is? It's and like, then like 10 servings of fiber, which then you would, no one could ever shit if they really did that. I mean, I'm all for fiber, like but like, Gary. if you were, oh, let's do this. <laughs> let's get that That's going to be the new YouTube trend. It's going to be the fiber challenge. <laughs> the fiber. <laughs> I'm sure someone is being crazy and doing that. Let's down a thing of Metamucil and see if we'll ever shit well, again. Well, <laughs> well, that and that's the other thing is that, and and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but one part where I always get fed up 
Like if I tell someone I'm a vegetarian, sometimes I get attacked right yeah. away. Where yeah. are you getting your protein, bro? Where? And I'm like, why is that your biggest concern? Don't yeah. worry, I feel okay. Maybe, maybe I'm not, but I feel okay. Like, let's relax here. But I would never say what I'm doing, my diet is the right thing for you and you need to be doing it right. because I think there's biodiversity, Yes. right? There's, everyone's different. Exactly. Like, you're and, all an N of one. That's what I'm saying. It's like, important. And so, yes, maybe your carb-only diet works wonders for you and you cured some ailment that you had because your engine happens to run better on that. Someone else can't look at gluten the wrong way or look at a peanut without going at it. Like, everybody's yeah. a little bit different. And our different. ancestry has a big role. Yeah. There's a lot of people looking into, you know, where your bloodline is from and how you're you know, metabolism works as a result, how much fat, how much carbs you can process. But everybody can benefit from ketamine. So I want to talk about this oh, okay. because the story popped <laughs> up so in funny. my- Well, the story popped know, up in my feed yesterday and right now people and, are talking about it. And yeah. only a few months ago was I talking to some folks and I brought up ketamine as a, a potential like PTSD yeah. treatment, antidepressant. Great research for that, yeah. All this stuff. And they all like, ha 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 ha, uh -huh. Kevin, you're the drug addict. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm being sincere. Yeah. This is actually the first sincere thing I've said in this conversation. Yeah. Oh. Ketamine is- Great for that. It, like there's studies coming, and they they and they're not even coming out. They're old studies. Well, just, right. There's right. a they're lot of being research discussed again in a new light. And Johnson and Johnson yeah. evolved it. Hey, the no tears for your baby yeah. shampoo company. Mm -hmm. The, the, the wait, crazy. They just um, so how are they in this game? They fast tracked through the FDA. Maybe you want to tell it, but I'll, I'll give the the cursory stuff. Yeah, they fast tracked through yeah. the a uh, breakthrough treatment. Uh, Breakthrough yeah, status, yeah. which allows things to get fast tracked through the FDA. Uh, they have a nasal spray yeah. of ketamine, but it's an offshoot of ketamine yeah. because, as you, so they want to own it because they can't own actual yeah. ketamine. ketamine. Was made through a, a series of research in the fifties. Um, they found a lot of drugs back then when they were trying to figure out it was how like to help weapons people. Free on shit. Yeah, like, I mean, they found LSD, they, they found PCP, they found ketamine, they found. You know, MDMA, MDMA. Uh, like a whole slew of amazing chemicals, some of which are inspired and found from from plants mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, and a lot of that got squashed with the drug war and the whole drug craze. And we did a lot of interesting psychotherapy assisted with psychedelics back in those days. And people were having really profound effects. And what happened, you know, so... There's this world of food that we sort of, and nutrition, and now there's this world of drugs. Food and drugs, in my eyes, are very similar. They're, they're, they're the exact same. same. They're That's the why same. it's the Food and Drug Administration, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. Right. Sugar stimulates the same part of your brain as cocaine, right? It's that addictive process. That so, so drugs and food are the same. So for me, we're having the same conversation. When you say ketamine is good for you, I'm like, yeah, no shit, right? used correctly, sure, right? Food is good for you, used correctly. When you eat fast food every day, you're fucked. You're putting, you're abusing food. Mm -hmm. We just don't use those words. We don't think about it in that way. We think about drugs as medicine and we think about food as sustenance. It, it's all just things your body needs. I, I don't think that humans evolved without drugs. Like we use drugs. Right. Like it's part of the the fiber of who we are. But like can someone get uh like itchy neck withdrawals and totally lit off omega threes? Could that be an issue when you I mean, talk about You can do it with like niacin. Sure. You could take too much niacin and have a crazy itchy breakout. We know about that. And that's like a supplement type natural product. So I mean, of course, yeah, you could get you like, could, could get you sick lose of too a much buddy vitamin to turmeric? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You could get for well, first of all, you, there's some dude in California who injected IV turmeric and killed someone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That that you could look that up. That's a crazy. Yeah. And so, do not do IV turmeric. I'm all for IV therapies, but be thoughtful. There was also a story but two days ago of someone who injected semen into their spinal oh, cord gosh. and had to go to the emergency room. That's not how stem cells what work, buddy. Fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know semen is good for anything. Maybe. Okay, that's okay. And there we got our pull there. quote. Thanks, Dr. There, Gary. Got it. All right. Thanks. Bye. I knew you would <laughs> torpedo your career somehow on this. I didn't think it would be through semen's good semen for everything. Semen to the spinal cord. I've never heard of that one. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, Gary, it exists. Gary, does it worry you that a lot of these people who do these crazy things and kill people say similar things to the things that you said that like I didn't like what normal medicine was doing, so I did a lot of research myself and then yeah. I killed someone. You nailed it. So like you know, I think my job is to help people distill the overwhelming amount of information out there to something that's usable. You can I'm you know we could talk about the details of drugs or food mm -hmm. or end of life, whatever. And then you can go online and find research or data or an article to disagree with it. Sure. Like there's just so much information out there. And frankly, it's hard for the lay person to distill it down to something useful. It's hard for doctors to distill it down to something useful. It's hard for, it's hard. It's just so much information. So yeah, uh, Alex, I think it's, that's why it sounds the same because there's just so much information and everyone is like, well, I figured it out, right? So who do you believe? Where do you look? I think that when someone talks in absolutes, they're probably blowing some smoke, right? Mm -hmm. There is no, we don't know everything. We're, I don't pretend to know everything, but there's also some stuff that's clearly lies, that's clearly misinformation, or, or it's just archaic, right? We can get so grounded in old ideas that it's hard to break through. Can I use a, an example with nutrition and the food sure. recommendations, yeah, right? Absolutely. But we, we are getting back to ketamine. We will get back to ketamine, I promise. But this is an interesting point is like, so, you know, we went down this low fat journey, mm -hmm. this like, uh, you know, get rid of saturated fat and cholesterol starting sort of in like the 50s and 60s. And then formally, we made the recommendations in the 80s. Um, there's this guy, Ansel Keys, that was a big part of this. If you want to learn more about this story, uh, Nina Teicholz, I always butcher her name, wrote, wrote this book, The Big Fat Surprise. And she goes through the story of how this all happened, how our m confusion and like misunderstanding about food happened. And so I, I recently read something really interesting where it's like, it's like a language or a song. It only takes a couple generations to lose our grip on it. Right. So it's been, you know, 50, 60 years and now no one knows how to eat anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. We've had weird recommendations that haven't held up to real scientific backings. I was raised to believe that if you eat uh, X amount of eggs over the course right. of the week, you're dead. Right. You're just going to be dead. Right. And these ideas got kind of anchored in our social consciousness. Mm -hmm. And even though there's research against it and even though there's other potential explanations for some stuff it there's a momentum to it right and um so it's well how did do you know specifically how fat got that reputation was it at one point it just doctors drew a correlation with oh this guy's sick and he eats a lot of meat so okay fat bad get out of there and then there was two theories there was um again i, I love people to look into this book and, and it's just it's been one of the biggest educations for me um uh but uh 
So there was two schools of thought. So we had heart disease. Heart disease was climbing. No one accounted for smoking and other bad parts <laughs> right. of our diet and like processed food. Or TV dinners, TV every or processed night. food. Yeah. You nailed yeah. it. Exactly. Peel the, peel the foil off and slam it Fast into your food. mouth hole. Everyone was into like comfort and 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 quick and, yeah. and but you know that's put us down this really nasty path. Big companies started making money off of this stuff and it sort of snowballed. Uh, there was. Before we had, a, there's still not a lot of good nutritional research, but there was two schools of thought. There was a researcher. I'm not going to butcher all these guys' names, but you could look it up. There's a researchers that were like, hey, we think maybe it's a lot of carbohydrates causing high insulin and causing hormone problems. And then there was another school of thought that, hey, we see fat in the plaques and cholesterol in the plaques, so it's fat. And so what happened was is they started doing some research. They came up with these epidemiological studies. What are epidemiological studies? They're studies that ask people questions to report back to them. So there's no controls on any variables, right? It's you're just asking people what their opinion Keep is. Keep a live journal. Let us know your mood. Sort of. How did you feel? Or even what worse, retrospective. Live journal would be good. Retrospective is like, what have you been eating for, for the last 20 years? Oh, great. Yeah. You know, it's Let me like, think how do you? Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, like, so it's really hard. But anyway, it's a good place to start, right? So then they made some hypotheses like, like cholesterol causes plaques in your heart mm -hmm. and then they did research but before any of the research is done because it's going to take decades to do the research and then prove the re and, and then go back and you have to you have to replicate data to make sure that it's real and it's not so as that all happened it was time to make dietary recommendations people were getting sick there was heart disease there was a need for a formal stand and hey so guys I, I know you're on a timeline here but people are dying and yeah. they want an answer yeah. and and you can't it's so that's what i'm saying big it's, tyson with their tv dinners you tyson. can't blame them they're lobbying to say that so what are you gonna do yeah i don't think there's a conspiracy here I but do. I okay i mean maybe <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of pressures. There's money. Sure. There's time. There's people did. You got insurance companies saying, "Hey, we need. We're we're bleeding out now. So give a recommendation so we can save." There's some a lot money of well. yeah at pressure. So anyway, they went off ahead with these uh, low fat, low cholesterol recommendations, and uh, the momentum has taken us to 2019, where you That's know, so crazy that least, ripple effect. That at least 30 percent of Americans yeah. are morbidly or at least obese, not morbid, but obese. Yeah. More than 50% are overweight. Metabolic disease isn't getting less. We're not, we're healing people. We're not healing people. We're treating people's heart blockages, but we're not stopping, stopping those blockages. blockages from happening. Yeah. And I always talk to cardiologists about this. I'm like, what do you recommend to people from a dietary standpoint? Because we have just like with, with common sense proven that what we recommend from a governmental standpoint does not work. Right. So that's where I have taken the positions I have taken with my dietary recommendations. And I basically support a high fat, low carb diet. I don't specify keto, which I think is a great tool, but just a tool. Mm -hmm. I don't poo poo vegetarianism because there's definitely ways to do this. You healthy. do worry about my proteins I worry and my about omegas fat. and I appreciate I worry that. about fat. I like that you're looking out for me. I think fat is, you know, look, your brain cells are made out of fat. Yeah. Like fat is like, high octane fuel carbohydrates are shitty unleaded 85 fuel you can work on the 85 fuel yeah but it's not as good and so i'm Wait, trying what's the tesla i want to be i want to be powered by electrons tesla's less eating bone marrow baby just really straight so, marrow oh straight just marrow snap love into that it. marrow <laughs> photosynthesis dude photos you just lay out in the sun and <laughs> make your own nutrients that'd be awesome we do we are a complicated... Oh, shit, I'm going to not eat anymore then. Thanks, you're Gary. You're a complicated plant. You need water, food, and light. Mm -hmm. 
right? That's what you are. So yeah, you need sun. I, I tell all my patients, you need to get into the sun for 15 to 20 minutes. Yes, we need like to be- daily? Weekly? Daily. Oh, I'm, I'm hitting that annually. Daily. Yeah, I know. People- No, I, really. I get in I'm, here and I'm under fluorescent bulbs and that's that's my life. It, can you supplement that well enough? Take like oral I take the vitamin D supplement, yeah. but is that really good enough? I mean, I say if you can do things naturally, yeah. right? East-West meet, the marriage of East-West is yeah. if you can do things naturally, do it. If our modern society and our modern world and you've got a company to run and shows to be on and blah, 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 mm -hmm. then you supplement. Our food system is so kind of depleted of high quality nutrients that I have a hard time not supplementing. I think an omega-3 supplement, fish oil, krill oil, or another omega-3 is essential because the fats that we have in our food system are not healthy. You know, it's hard to eat grass-fed beef. It's hard to find healthy chickens and healthy yeah. pork. And even when you find it, it's fucking cost expensive. prohibitive. It's very yeah. expensive. I only got a handful of Bitcoin left. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, and it's, and if, okay, if you're a vegetarian, it's hard to consume the fat. You have yeah. to really work at it. I wish there was like more, more readily available products for those folks, but you got to have to be, have the means, have the time, mm -hmm. have the energy. It's hard. So, yeah, so I mean, I think it's it's a big challenge to eat right. But when you talk to a cardiologist and you say, hey, you, you found the blockage, <laughs> you're gonna treat that, that's great. What are you doing to fucking prevent that? Do they stare at you blankly? Do they, because uh, is there a motive for them to stop people from coming in and- Frankly, <laughs> there- you know I mean, like their livelihood is kind of predicated on blockages existing. So there's like a big, thing there right because i'll put on a tinfoil yeah, hat yeah, i'll yeah. recommend a flat earth video on youtube like is there a conspiracy there or is there just a, no motivation I, for them to stop that from occurring I, I think it's a lot of things i think people are a lot of doctors are drowning in debt they've gone through a tr to be a cardiologist is a crazy amount of training and you get pummeled by that training i don't know anyone who walks out smiling feeling great that hasn't gained weight or had a divorce or had some complication going back to what i was talking about about like doctor and resident health and yeah. wellness it's just you know the it's not i don't think it's a conspiracy so much as a system that's the the wheels get turning and, and that happens on a big corporate level but it also happens on an individual level like for me as i was going through my training i i remember talking to yaniv your partner, my best friend, about how I'm not gonna lose myself to this training. I'm not gonna gain weight. I'm not gonna go on an antidepressant. I'm not gonna stop working out. I'm not gonna like, you know, just so that Some I can get trained. All, People all these, do this I know, all the it's time. So, so wild that all these healthy declarations that you would think like, well, yeah, you shouldn't become dependent upon a substance or you shouldn't yank your hair out or you shouldn't all that. But that's, a, <laughs> this is Smoking pot's frowned upon, but you could take an antidepressant yeah. to numb your feelings. Yeah. I, so I, so again, I don't blame anyone. I don't think it's like an individual cardiologist or an individual doctor or even a health system. I just think that, you know, we've lost our way. It's been a couple generations and people are like confused. You know, we argue about vegetarian or vegan or meat or not meat or eggs. And you're like, man, we've been eating healthy, nutritious food for thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, really. We just sort of lost our way and, and it happened real quick. Yeah. It happened real quick. And that's why I try to like educate people is, it's confusing. It is confusing and it's not easy. And when, when people tell me, oh, well, let's eat in moderation. I, I'm just going to have like dessert once a day. It's like, no, moderation is dessert once a month.
or once a week maybe that's moderation mm -hmm. And but we've swung the pendulum so far in the other direction. And by the way, we're just talking about macronutrients here. We're not talking about the fact that we're putting food, filling our food with weird fats that never even existed before that we don't know what effect they're having on us. But because they're low in cholesterol and saturated fat, we're pushing them to the food, uh, mm -hmm. food companies are pushing them. And what about like, I don't have time or money to supplement, so I get the meat that's packed with hormones? And antibiotics, because that's how I get my treatment. Is that an issue as well? I mean, I think the idea that meat is full of hormones is kind of an old idea. Is that, it? Yeah, I think they test meat for hormones. I, you're going to find more hormones in soy products and fake meat products than you are going to in real meat. And and there's a lot of – there's FDA. Like, there's – that's a public thing. I think that the idea that there's a lot of chemicals in meat is – a little bit misguided or older thinking. They stopped growth hormones in cows in 2001. Yeah, yeah. So I and I mean and even then, if you look at the the, if you're going to talk about hormones and food, I'm going to be I'm going to harp on soy products and fake food products. That, sure. Well, I hate the fake. I hate the stuff yeah, masquerading yeah. as whatever else. It's just processed chemicals yeah. pressed into something that looks and feels like meat, but isn't. But what about like antibiotics and stuff? Isn't that still an issue? I mean. I don't know that it's an issue. I've never seen really like antibiotics making it into the food. No, I, if anything, I'm worried more about the chemicals they spray on our plants, mm. right? Like just look, even on organic plants, how many chemicals they're allowed to put on it to preserve it. Right. Or even when it's this plant is organic, but it's next to a field that is not. So you've got all the Roundup Ready everything in your dinosaur kale. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. And, yeah. Or it's like the seed itself has been modified to the point where it doesn't even reflect the actual plant it was supposed to be so yeah but those avocados stay fresh for a year yeah, in a storage no, right. container how great is that yeah and like avocado you bring it up like or rice even people Jesus. that go you know anti-meat or like and and again i'm not i'm not so much pro-meat anti-meat i'm mostly like nutrient density eat real food that has real sustenance in it and so speaking to that point if you're like a vegetarian you can't just count on avocados like it's just it's not enough it's not real there's you, you gotta you gotta eat all the colors of the rainbow. You gotta eat all the different foods. So diet, blend diet. a pack of Skittles yeah. and a Vitamix, and you're good to go. Just get a nice, colorful slurry. Skittles, are my slam favorite. it down. I haven't had Skittles in years. Well, that's moderation, yeah. Gary. Good for you. Oh, wait, let's assume the person that's watching or listening is not a vegetarian, because the, the the majority aren't. Let's but, assume that they're not. Let's assume that maybe they they hit fast food. Uh, out of uh, convenience, necessity, budgetary, whatever. Let's say they hit the fast food every now and then. What's a pragmatic first step that they, like what's a yeah. food item or three that they can integrate into their life or a supplement that they can try for three weeks and say, hey, are they going to feel better? And hashtag not an ad. I love you it. You cannot be in the pocket of any supplement <laughs> that you recommend. No specific brand names unless it's the only one. But I, I'd love no, for I them to you. have that, that takeaway. As far as supplements go, it's a whole conversation and complicated and I could... One thing I will just leave it at the omega-3s. We need to have more healthy fat in our diet, and omega-3s are going to help balance your omega-3 to 6 ratio. It's Trader Joe's can of whitefish? Whitefish is good, but forget about that. I mean, you could just get fish oil or krill oil pills if okay. we're talking about that. I mean, I love to encourage people to eat things like sardines and whitefish, but that's, again, a whole separate conversation. Simple things to do is when you go out to get a burger and fries, Get the lettuce wrap, mm -hmm. get the veggies, get a second patty, and skip the fries. So more meat, more vegetables, less carbs. That's something simple to do that 
Like I had, that's for, it was my dinner yesterday. Um, the other thing is this idea of eating all the time, right? We talk like, yeah. we, you know, there's this term intermittent fasting that I'm sure most of your uh, listeners are familiar with. It's kind of a misnomer. It's, it's, it's fasting relative to what our baseline is. Our baseline is shoveling food as soon as we wake up mm -hmm. until the last A sweet moment. treat right before my head hits yeah. the pillow. Good I, night. I got to keep my blood sugar up. No, yeah. no. You're addicted to sugar and your hormones are bouncing up and down all day. And every time in, your insulin crashes, you need to give yourself sugar. Right. It's a hormone. I've seen the Snickers commercial. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I, I don't want to be Joe I don't Pesci. Be, oh my God. So manipulative, right? To make yeah. you feel better. But why do you feel like Joe Pesci? Because- your hormones are out of whack because you've filled yourself up with carbohydrates. You spiked your insulin levels, your ghrelin, your leptin, all these hormones that are involved in your metabolism get all screwed up. And it's, so it's not just the fat and the sugar or the carbs, whatever you want to call it. It's the eating all the time. Like, we were not intended to eat all the time. This, what, we, the caveman would go to their rock yeah, fridge, yeah, yeah, right. pull out some meat, and at any time they could have a little snack every two and a half hours. They'd you'd look at the sundial and go, yep, oh. Tum Tum's grumbling. Yeah, Time yeah. to carb load. That ancestral didn't that, happen. That ancestral thinking is important yeah. for people. Think about our ancestors. They had it right. We got here because they we were doing. To. We they were doing the right things. <laughs> we were doing the right things, yeah. and then we started fucking up. And now we have to put metal stents in our hearts. People are like, "Well, but medicine has done so much to extend our lives." Yes, but mostly infectious disease, sanitation, right. vaccines. These things extended our life. Our nutritional things have arguably not done very much good. The science Anything is doing bad. its best to fight against yeah. the, the, the reality yeah. that our diets have created. Yeah. I always like it. Look, I, you have clearly far more training on this than I do. But when I get into discussions with my family about it, I go, look, it's really easy to see the uh, accelerating and rapid pace of techno technological evolution. Right. And go from, I remember not having the internet and using <laughs> phone books yeah. and having to use a pay phone to get directions to going, look, I have the knowledge of the world in my pocket. And it's easy to see that and think that human beings and our own biology are evolving along with that. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. People will argue. <laughs> I talk about agriculture and how it sort of fucks things up because of, you know, whatever, plants and monocropping and not farming correctly and all these things. And But we've evolved. I'm like, what, in 5,000 years, our, the, the Homo sapiens is hundreds of thousands of years old. And really our metabolism and our bodies are millions of years of evolution. No, we haven't evolved in a few thousand years. Our brains are struggling to keep up with this shit. Yeah. You know? And then people are like, I'll like make a comment and people will literally go on Google, find an article from some whatever shitty little journal, and be like, look, doc, you're wrong. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's I stubbed my toe and WebMD yeah. says I have syphilis. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. Well, let's, you mentioned vaccines, which I know is, it's a very, uh, oh, blows, hot topic right now. It blows my mind that it is a hot topic right now because I'm now seeing like stories pop up about certain states trying to enact laws where children under the age of 18 can get vaccinated without parental consent. Because there's, there's a, a whole, problem. there's subreddits and movements of kids that want to be vaccinated, but their parents are saying no because they don't want them to have autism or any number of diseases. Now, I yeah. I started looking into it. and I, I, What do I, you think, Kevin? I'm very curious. Well, we, we haven't really talked about that. No, we haven't. No. And, and I, I go like, heaven forbid I accidentally spawn something in this world and I bring life heaven into forbid. it. You're going right? to have a and, uh, cute little West, not on Wesley like baby? Not on purpose. Oh, fur babies, yes. No, but look at a human version of Wesley. If I could have a hu human <laughs> version that was as adorable and required the same amount of time and care as my dog, 
I would, but right now, not ready for that. Way too selfish. Okay, way too selfish. Way too Got selfish. It. I like though. having my Sunday sleep-ins. I like playing drums and not wiping Ooh, butts. Now, that said, when I looked into it and saw the 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 uh, the timetable with which vaccinations are actually given, the amount of them, I went, well, ho ho okay, hold on. It does seem like there's a whole lot of them, and from what I read, it's like, oh yeah, you get these ten when you're this year old and you get these 20 when you're that year old. And, and I would go, is that, is that a byproduct of just trying to maximize the time and the number of doctor visits? Or do you really have to give that many vaccinations what a great question that quickly? Because that's that was the first Huge. thing that popped out Huge. to me. But also, 100% would vaccinate my right, child. Right. Don't but, need measles but and would you consider cough. Would you consider doing an um, uh, uh, alternative schedule where you spread out those vaccines? To me, and again, not predicated right, right, on science, right. just sort of a natural instinct of like, I, like, I don't want 40 flu shots at once, but like, if you're yeah, gonna give me I a shot and let my body build up a tolerance or understand what that foreign body is, just from an instinctual level, which is probably what gets people in trouble yeah, in the that's first place. The problem. Because instinctively, some people are like, people yeah, I wouldn't like wanna vaccinate. but. Instinctively, to me, I would think, yeah, dole it out slowly. Is that the wrong approach? It's wrong. Really? Yeah, because instinctually, we don't know shit about like <laughs> science. That's why we have science, right? Instinctually, oh. we didn't know that, like, I don't know, like a sperm makes a baby. People thought that, it, you know, all the guys, like in tribes, all the guys that had sex with that lady contributed to that baby. But instinctually, that makes sense, right? But we know because of science that it's one sperm. So like you can't like count on instinctually. So let's explain the this whole vaccine Please. thing. Yeah. So I was just recently featured on a panel. Uh, Jubilee Media put out the show called Middle Ground, and mm -hmm. it literally released two weeks ago, right in a concordance with this measles outbreak. Yeah. And I was on the panel. It was me, this uh, pediatrician, brilliant guy, uh, a mom that was pro vaccine, and then this guy. And the measles. The yeah. measles were there. Yeah, hard to around. mic. Very different. Uh, <laughs> well, it's crazy. So this video came out, and um, basically, we were arguing about all this stuff, and I, I didn't know. You know, I, I'm yeah. Here, here it is. So I kind of wanted to go on and get myself a little bit educated because I'm obviously pro vaccine, but I'm not an infectious disease doctor. Mm -hmm. So I had the exact same question you did. I'm like, well, what if I take a moderate stand? This guy Bob Sears. This guy is like a kind of famous in the community for being a pediatrician who doesn't vaccinate and his uh, license is questionable because that's a very questionable thing to do. Mm -hmm. But okay, so I, I went and called my infectious disease colleague who's a who's a doctor in, in North Carolina who spent her whole life studying this stuff. And she's like, look, when you have a baby, it gets exposed to all these bugs sure. and your immune system starts learning to protect the baby. Sometimes, the immune system doesn't get there in time and the baby dies from measles. Mm -hmm. We figured out how to biohack the immune system and expose the baby to safe versions of these bugs to build up the immune system. The matrix analogy, because I, I always bring everything back to Keanu in the matrix. <laughs> Tank, I need a patch download it, boom, now your body knows what the measles is, yeah. got a safe version of it, but now you know how to fight it should you come in contact. Yeah. Okay. And you're building your immune system. So it's not like you're giving all these um, shots and then your immune system somehow getting overwhelmed and getting uh, autism. It's We've proved that not to be true. So people that keep saying that are, it's ridiculous, honestly. But do you have to shotgun blast 
Like, do you have to be Johnny Five with that knowledge so if in your you brain? Don't, like, do you have to give 30 different things at once? Or can you like go in one week, get one, and then a month later, get another? It, and maybe don't... Uh, you know, put your kid into a your your one year old into a wrestling match where they're gonna be rolling on a like a, a mat with ringworm. Like, isn't there a I way love, to? If you don't, then that kid could get exposed to hepatitis before they get immune, and then have hepatitis and get very very sick. So yeah, it behooves you to do it on time so but, that you catch the kiddo when they're most susceptible. Sure. And you build that immunity early. But is there because there are so many vaccines? Are they all necessary? You know. Again, I'm not going to go through each vaccine because I think that's a whole separate conversation. I do think that infectious disease uh, research is robust. Mm -hmm. It's repeated and it's, we know what's going on. So like on this well, but show- One thing that happened in this video, yeah. one thing that happened is that someone did, did admit, and maybe it was you or it was someone else who's, uh, who's, who is pro-vaccine, but they said, yeah, one in- 10,000, 100,000, depending upon the vaccine, right. might have some sort of But if reaction, we don't right? vaccinate, then everyone's sick. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> you know? I, am, I am pro, uh, like I understand, I, I get why a parent would say, but this is my child you're talking about and that one in 1,000 chance, I'm not fucking taking it. And I go, yeah, but that's for the betterment, the herd mentality, for the betterment of everybody, you, you, you need to. And then to, when their child should. gets the flu and dies from the flu, they're going to blame, who are they going to blame now? You're going to blame yourself for not getting the flu shot? I, right. I'm going to blame my wife for not slope. charging the healing crystals under the sun yeah. because they should have clutched them harder. I, I'm again, I it's just slippery slope. I just want a devil's advocate because I, I yeah. am pro-vaccine. I get yeah. I've been vaccinated. Thanks, mom. Thanks for <laughs> rolling the dice on that. Um, but if 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 it could be a one in one thousand or one in ten thousand or one in a hundred thousand, it's not. It's, it's like not? one in a million. These these really, really nasty side effects are exceedingly rare. Like what we, are the side effects? Like, it's like, not like, autism, right? It's no, not? no, it's not even related. We, they've done multiple studies on that. But like, let's talk about a common one that is brought up, like Guillain-Barre disease, where you get this paralysis. It's this ascending paralysis. You, you can't move your muscles. You can get that as a side effect of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's also a side effect of the infections that the vaccine is blocking against. In fact, more likely to get it from the infections. So nothing in life is free. Right. We, you, you can't do, you're, you're at risk. It's a dice roll going to the park. It's a dice roll getting the vaccine, but at least one helps out the rest of the community and the herd and the tribe, yeah. et cetera. And look, I'm sitting here questioning nutritional research, right? Yeah. I'm questioning the dogma about how we eat, but I don't question things that are very clear. Like certain things are very clear. This reason why I was very willing to be on this video yeah. is because there's no question here. Like, you don't vaccinate, you get measles outbreaks. It's happening. It's We're happening seeing, right now in We're real seeing time. It. Yeah. You go and look at other countries and they have like these horrible issues with hepatitis B. And and uh, I don't know, again, not to get so granular, no, sure, but, sure. but it's just, it's pretty obvious. And I think when you look at the overwhelming burden of proof, it's clear. And when you even listen to the anti-vaxxers, it's very selfish. It's very like me and mine and my family. Like there's this one lady on here talking about arthritis and like her kid has arthritis. I'm like, maybe you're genetically predisposed to arthritis and this has nothing to do with the shots. And you just don't want to take that reality that mm -hmm. that's how your body is. Or maybe it's the shitty food you're eating. How the fuck do you know? Right. If you're shoveling fake shit in your mouth, fake chemicals, fake fats, uh, uh, vegetables that have been chemically altered and you call that healthy and then you get a shot to help protect you and you blame all your bullshit on the shot. 
I don't buy. It. I I do think it's a little bit that the the vaccine thing is a pretty clear science. And the the administrative or administration schedule though, because again, when I looked at it, I, to me, I was my that was the part that kind of shocked me was how many vaccines are given early and at once. Just think about how you're getting exposed to all the bugs as soon as you're out in the world. Sure. So these are just us biohacking. But is there, so, st and I'm just, and the question, because I want to put it to bed yeah, for me, because when I saw that, I was like, holy shit. Question. It's I the hardest go, question. But if you're uh, like, you're kind of overclocking the body a little bit, right? If we're biohacking, it's like, hey, here's a little shotgun blast of this, 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 and this, build up your tolerance. Again, to me, <laughs> instinctively, which I know is not the right way to approach it, but instinctively, I would say, if you dole that out slowly, it gives the body time to focus its energy and its resources at such a young age on building up a tolerance or something. Maybe two or three at once. Why does it have to be 40 at once? Is there They've any done the on? Yeah, it's all been research-driven. And shotgun blasting and the timing is also And the doesn't timing lead is, to your other immune issues. system's ready to go. Like, you're a kid. Your immune system's ready to go. So you expose it to these antigens and your immune system builds all these cells and it's got all these, um, you know, uh, mechanisms in place to build these cells. So it's like, so that doesn't again, increase the chance that there might be a side effect giving that many at once. Is there a there's study no that? evidence that I've seen okay. or heard. And I had extensive conversations, like I said, with an infectious disease doctor. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. I trained with her and this guy who's a pediatrician intensivist who it does this on a day and says, sees the end point. And well, it's that's, like, that's, that's and like, look, if you, really go into, if you really go into the research, like the studies and the, it's just all there, right? All the evidence against it is sort of circumstantial, um, individual stories, moms with huge blog posts, celebrities. Right. Jenny did, McCarthy. Celebrities whose kids got autism. View, yeah. it's Which, like, by the way, her kid, it's actually questionable that that diagnosis was even accurate. She did a lot It's just personally. People don't want to take responsibility, man. Did a lot of damage by going out there and drawing a direct correlation between vaccinations and autism was the loudest proponent of that that I certainly saw, banging drums and gongs, then said that her child at the age of 12 or 13 was cured or at least the symptoms of the autism were cured through uh, a gluten-free diet and some other uh, so like maybe it was metal the replacement sugar products you were feeding your kid when he was a baby. So like what I taught, why I harp on sugar so much is every every kid I'm seeing is like sucking on a French fry with ketchup. Mm -hmm. Or if you look at the well, baby my mom food, used to take my pacifier and go into a fun dip packet yeah. and just rattle it around a little bit and say, "Here you go, you little what, bastard." What do you think that does to babies and kids' brains? And if, and if it's fucking up their brains, what do you think it does to their metabolism? You know, I talk a lot about metabolic adapt fat adaptation and metabolic derangements, right? It starts as a kid when all you do is consume sugar over and over and over again. I mean, we grew up at the same time. I mean, I ate candy every day. Mm -hmm. it, it screwed up my metabolism. So, you know, when I'm taking people through my nutrition, it's like I'm teaching them, your body has to learn again how to burn fat. And you got to drop the sugar addiction. And so, yeah, how can you take that confounding variable out of what we're talking about when these kids are being fed foods that are, and by the way, the fats, these vegetable oils that we're adding, bad. Yeah. Bad. Like vegetable oil, you don't wring out a carrot and get vegetable That's oil. Okay. That's, it's highly. Yeah, or at least soybean. They modified the soybeans so that they could produce oils that would be better shelf life. Like, just that simple concept, like, what the fuck? Coconut oil, avocado oil? Fruit oils. Coconut, avocado, and um, olive palm oil. oil. No, not palm oil. Oh, I thought you were saying the ones that they add. 
Uh, no, I'm saying healthy oils. Yeah, we're, we're listing healthy we're oils for, as takeaway for anybody listening. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, what should I get then? Absolutely. Healthy yeah. oils. Yeah. yeah. Avocado, coconut, and, and olive. olive oil. Fruit Actual oils. olive oil, though, because yeah. that's also very, like, there, there's- They diluted down with bullshit. That blows my fucking I can't stay like I hit like there's a there's a a Reddit um is it shitty advertising or uh, uh what is it? it's you, you see, love your Reddit well I do I I, it's I, good. I do I like I like I like passionate communities yeah. I don't Reddit by any other name I like a passionate community but but what I see so many times are labels uh like hey fruit apple juice or whatever you turn around and there's 13 different ingredients and yeah. they're all offshoots of sugar and then the last ingredient is apple concentrate two percent or whatever I'm like what the what, the what are we eating hell is what going are we on? feeding orange juice one of the biggest offenders of that it's pure sugar it's just sugar I mean I teach people about juicing like these juice it's not healthy you're taking out all the good stuff and you're just increasing the glycemic index now vaping is something you're super into and you I love, love <laughs> juicing no. bad vaping I mean, fucking I mean, sweet yeah. bro <laughs> vaping <laughs> vape, vape some olive oil baby dude vape a vape scene. scene would be fucking have you dang. seen those like vitamin b12 vapes yeah what the yeah and caffeine when they figured out how to do that for a while it was deadly like literally if you vaped caffeine people were dying like they're all oh, really we should yeah we have to figure That's out how gross. to do this safely now That's they got gross. vitamins in vape form alex you took an inhalation during the vaccination conversation did you have something to ask or yeah I, I i it's just like a, a little bit of personal uh background about all that stuff that i had because my mom has been a, a special ed teacher since the 70s um and she has been uh, in the preschool sector so she has been telling parents that they think that they're like she's been telling parents that she thinks that her kids have their kids have full-on autism her entire career so she's been one of the early flags like oh this is worse than what doctors thought and she has to tell these parents that um and since the 70s, people have been making up reasons why they think their kid has autism because mm -hmm. they sure. can't. Since like the 70s, interesting. Like they've never been able to fathom that they're just, un uh, unluckily, their kid was born with autism and there's nothing that caused it that they can point out directly to. Um, and they're just unlucky and their their kid has to live with that for the rest of their life. So they've been blaming, especially in New Jersey, uh, environmental stuff, uh, like nearby companies and factories. Yeah. Power lines and coal plants. It, and random shit like water. I mean, it yeah, may contribute, right? Yeah, but, but 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 people take these weird militant stances against random shit because at the end of the day, autism, as we currently understand it, is a luck of the draw thing. At the, at the end of the day, that's that's all we can really boil it down to. And people yeah. have been blaming random shit and doing like local legislation to ban uh, right. these power lines or these these agricultural things. And it's like they've just been taking shots because there's nothing that they can point to. So now it's, well, it's they're vaccine. They're passionate people. Sure. Yeah. Well, I can't, of course they're passionate and I can't imagine the sense of helplessness a parent must oh feel when they're handed something like that, a potential life sentence for their child. Hey, we we diagnose we found it this collection of symptoms because it's not just one particular thing but it's a it's yeah. a disorder it's like a yeah it's like a metabolic disorder it's yeah. a collection of this cloud like when someone diagrams the internet and there's like a little PC tower and then a little line and then there's a cloud and we just call it a cloud like that spectrum that fog yeah. of war that cloud is well, well let's put a label on it here it is it's autism I can't imagine the helplessness a parent must feel and maybe that that ounce of control. Uh, yeah, and, and they're looking for something. They're grasping that they can straws. say it's like, oh, that caused that, and so now I'm going to crusade against that. And and it, you know what? Fine until that leads to a measles outbreak. Right. And here's something worth mentioning. Um, 
on Netflix, there's this great documentary documentary called The Magic Pill. Have you yeah, seen it yet? I have, yeah. Yeah. Remember they have that autistic kid on there? Now, they didn't cure the kid's autism. I'm not saying that the food is causing the autism, but it's a pretty dramatic improvement when you get rid of that sugar, 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 sugar five times a day. Mm -hmm. So could there be a metabolic component affecting the kid's brains? Gosh, could a high sugar diet be affecting the kid in utero? Who knows? We haven't done that research. It seems, and I go back to instinct again, because I am a stupid yeah. dumb-dumb head. Um, <laughs> You're an emotional guy. You feel things. But I instinctively would think, how could you not assume that what you're taking into your body, yeah. <laughs> what your cells are replicating yeah. upon and the building blocks, the food you ingest, how could that not in some small way, but at least a measurable way, affect every possible yeah. outcome? And we're so How could you not? We're so fucked out with this because when I bring this up to families, like I'll be, I'll be um, giving dietary recommendations to like at a, a young Denny's. couple. You're just no, shouting yeah, at, at people that have pancakes. Stop <laughs> eating a pancake. Yeah. No, I'll be talking to a young couple that are both like overweight and they're like, no, I get it, but you know, I always eat my kids' food. And I'm like, oh my God. So you're saying that you're feeding your kids this shit, this sugary shit, mm -hmm. and you're acknowledging to me that you probably shouldn't be eating this, and yet you're willing to feed your kids this. And the concept of withdrawing uh, simple sugars from their diet is so foreign to people. Yeah. It's like mind blowing. They're like, what? No bread every day? And I'm like, the fuck? Eh, do you understand what it takes to make bread? You got to mill a bunch of shit. You got to mix all these. You got to. We didn't eat bread every day. Like this is a new thing. Yes, but now I get to eat like a king. Yeah, and then with the my fuck, lead silverware. Yeah. yeah, Alex, can you look up um, <laughs> real quick, just on uh, maybe on Amazon search or something like that? Just uh, common ingredients of baby food, and not like a super healthy, amazing, like organic, Gerber, fresh, sure, yeah. but like a general Gerber. The, because uh, and they put a lot of fruit, sweet fruits in it. Sweet fruits with have simple sugars. So people come to me like, oh, I eat like four bananas a day. I'm like, not good. Maybe there's some people whose ancestry is from um, like central uh, part of the world where they're better at burning those simple sugars, but definitely not at the volumes that we're eating them in our Western world. We see this when we take our Western diet to isolated tribes or communities that haven't let in. And what happens? Metabolic disorder, obesity, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease. It's just obvious. There's this dentist, Weston A. Price, and he's got a foundation that has continued his work. He wrote all about this. He saw this problem when he went and visited different cultures all around the world that were getting exposed to our processed junk and getting sick. He kind of started it from a dental standpoint, mm -hmm. but he sort of saw the metabolic effects. None of this shit is new. It's all at the Western A. Price Foundation is decades old, right? Um, they were using the keto diet to treat, like for example, um, uh, epilepsy in kids decades ago. Like none of this shit is new, but we've really confused ourselves. And I know we keep going back to this diet thing with every topic, but isn't that interesting? Like, yeah. isn't that the heart of our lives? Like what you put in is what you get out. And so, yeah, people's baseline is feeling like shit at baseline. So when they come to me, I'm like, I can make you feel better. 
They're like, well, I don't need to lose weight. I'm like, but you can feel better. You can have better sex. You can sleep better. Your skin could be better. You don't need to use so much shit like stimulants or whatever to get through your day. Yeah. My life is good. I, w I roll out of bed. <laughs> if I shotgun two Red Bulls and kick it with a monster on the yeah. way to Starbucks, now I'm ready for my morning. And those caffeine beverages. And there like, are certainly days where, yeah, you need a little little nitro. Go for it. You know, overclock if that's what you need. You had a rough night, it. fine. That's yeah. but moderation. And and it, your life shouldn't be predicated on needing that many stimulants to feel normal. And look, everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah. Ironically, uh, Gerber baby food seems to be quite. Uh, they changed something over the past few years because I oh, picked up they? three different baby foods. Yeah, and the uh, the butternut squash thing Ooh, was literally butternut, butternut squash and water. And then the even the chicken was uh, oh, good. The Kudos ingredients to are I love it. Ground chicken, water, cornstarch. So cornstarch, cornstarch is to give it texture. Yeah, but uh, they don't need it anyway. Whatever. It's like. I think it's I'm, actually, I'm really happy to hear that because I not too yeah, long ago too. April and I were diving into like baby foods and stuff mostly because of a Shark Tank episode where someone came on to expose Ooh, what's in a yeah. lot of a lot yeah. of baby food and really good and obviously they're making the case that their food is healthier so they're cherry picking the worst of the worst baby food right. vendors but when you look at affordable baby food which should just be blended vegetables and that's about it. Well, it was stacked. And you were talking about vegetables. Processed everything. Baby formula is where I'm. I'll, I'll try right Our now. Formula is it's for also a palate thing, right? So we're teaching. Oh, holy shit! That is oh, that's formula. God. That's baby formula. Corn maltodextrin. Uh, doesn't that kind of make a little bit more sense that that would be more? Because vegetable like, oils, palm, soy, coconut, high oleic safflower, or high oleic. I mean, a lot of that are supplements and stuff, but I just. I don't know what the hell this shit. Because like naturally, milk and soy. You wouldn't like, be doing baby formula. You'd be doing breast milk. If but but if the the parent can't do breast milk for some reason, if you can't, or, sure. But why is the first product a corn product? Right. You know, it's it's not all of it. Why is vegetable oil, you know, soy, palm? So if you're talking about adding hormones to shit, like you've got soy, you've got bad fats in just the first two lines. But you right? think that they would have. Hormones in it because hormones are in breast milk. You would think that this would be like they're just trying to match the shit. A very complex concoction your body I mean, makes. You I mean, might be right. I don't know. Feeding a baby vegetable oil doesn't seem like a good idea, but you're probably right about. Well, feeding it not breast milk is not a good idea, but they they you got something so you got to do it. The other thing is you don't need to feed a baby hormones. Baby can make hormones. Make hormones. You need to feed it good fat. My my concern when I see this, my, what my thought is is so a lot of what I talk about now is me and metabolic health is the cell membrane, mm -hmm. and 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 there's a lot of research being done on this right now is the function of the cell membrane and that affecting our sort of metabolic profile. And so our cell membranes are mostly fat. And it turns out saturated fat is essential for, for that cell membrane to be healthy. And when you deplete our diet of saturated fat and you introduce fake vegetable oils or fake or not natural amounts of these oils into our diet at such an early age, you're screwing up that metabolism. You're screwing up that cell membrane really early in the game. So that is really concerning to me. And is that something you can... Because I, I, McDonald's had a promotion for a couple summers in a row that was the twenty cent cheeseburger. Ooh, I used to get those when I was. Like, and my mother, <laughs> bless her heart, you know, we did what we could. Uh, she would go through and get a sack of fifty, seventy-five McDonald's cheeseburgers on a Tuesday. We'd go yeah. make the trip, and then we'd have two or three of those for dinner that night. The rest would go in the freezer, yeah. and for the rest of the week. You're microwaving those McDonald's, and this was back when it wasn't 100% pure Angus anything. It was yeah. as pro it was processed slabs, discs, hockey bullshit, pucks yeah. of whatever. You know, 
I would also uh, swing by the Albertsons on the way home, and I've told this story before, and get a loaf of the fresh-baked French bread because, oh, it's hot and ready, nice and squeezed, good smell, 4 p.m., getting home from school, going home to start the job, logging on to do some tech support, dipping it into a tub of margarine and a, oh, and a pot of instant potatoes oils. and gravy, the instant taters and gravy, because yeah. that was quick. And I had two little pots next to my keyboard so I could wash it, play some Quake World, reboot an email server, grab that bread, dip it in that fake oh. gravy, get that margarine. Were you a fat kid? Uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was overweight yeah. for sure. I was unhealthy. I wasn't like super fat, right. but I was definitely like keep my shirt on in the pool heavy. Right. And um, it's more me than it's my body <laughs> and issues. But like that's that's where yeah. I was at. Now. When you talk about doing damage on a cellular level that yeah. young, and, I, and granted, I was in my teens when I'm describing here, but damage was certainly done along the way. How much can you actually bounce back from that? Can you, can, is, does it take a year? Does it take, because I've heard things like it takes you eight months to refresh every cell yeah. in your body, but like I've also heard that cells have memory and. Who the hell knows? Well, okay. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Are there, have there been studies on. Bouncing back, like, because how long does it take to retrain your body to not be fueled by certain things or to crave healthy things or kick a sugar addiction? I, I'm, I'm not yeah, asking I, 20 I don't have, that I, once, Yeah, I hear you. I don't know that there's uh, anyone's got the answer. I'm sure there's people that do give me have one. more experience. Give me one. <laughs> my experience, what's, your, what's your instinct, what, my, my experience with uh, sort of this process of fat, adap fat adaptation, right? So when I have people that are on these high-carb diets and then I introduce them to this uh, high-fat eating... And then there's something called the keto flu where their yeah. body starts kind of expelling uh, water and salt. And there's, that's where the adjustment is. Um, I mean, on the order of weeks to months, uh, I mean, can you fully reverse metabolic disorder? I don't know. Um, but certainly you can do a lot. There's this company. I'm just, I, 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 just so you know why yeah. I ask, and we'll get back yeah. to the company thing. The, the reason I ask is that I've, I've had conversations with friends and family who go, rather defeatist in my again in my yeah in my uh, ignorant opinion but rather defeatist they go well this is what i was raised on this is what i know this is what my body does i can't that other stuff it's not gonna it's too late in the game yeah, that's late, but i always want right. to i want to grab them by the shoulders and say like no fucking try yeah just try and in the grand scheme of your life giving a new diet a new something a new regimen a month or three of trial maybe you'll see something maybe you'll feel something but that is a blip it takes that is work. A nothing. We are adaptive creatures, right? We adapt. Our, we know our brains have plasticity. Our neurons have plasticity. We used to think they wouldn't change. Now we know that Creature they're very plastic, right? So I, I think my gut tells me that we can very much fix our metabolism. Uh, you know, people lose weight. People look. So what I was going to say is, there's company Verta Health. They're, they, they just released this great study over a thousand patients, and they're reversing diabetes. And how do you measure reversing diabetes? Not just the sugars are coming down, but their insulin resistance is actually getting better. And they're measuring that through various ways, which we won't get into at the moment. But we used to think that diabetes, you got diabetes, time to take your insulin. Right. You know, now we're saying, no, you can reverse this metabolic process. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I can tell you weeks, months, years, but certainly we can fix our bodies. Certainly you can lose weight. You can fix how you burn fat. You can run. I, yeah, it's just lazy. People get so caught up in the momentum of this is how my life is. Mm -hmm. Well, does it have to be that? Like, can't it be better? You know, do you have to take, do we have to have a system in, of, sorry, I'm going to like 
make change the subjects, but like, do we have to treat all people's anxiety and depression with sedating, suppressive medications that turn things off? Or can we heal them and give them experiences that open up their eyes and let them not be dependent on substances and feel good? Which brings us right back around yeah, I was for gonna... the final five minutes ah, or so, if we can, so to ketamine. Okay. Uh, Alex, if there's been uh, questions or anything from chat, or if there's been uh, yeah, there's a couple dank and, and ASCII art, whatever, I've, I've some Shrek it. memes, yeah. have is them on that, is deck. Is that Dr. Crazy or something? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, look, any anytime, anytime an opinion is thrown out into the ether, yeah. it's going to be met with extreme yeah. praise or uh, yeah, extreme trolling and fire and brimstones. But I, this is this I, is, I welcome all of it. People this, should be skeptical. Sure, yes, this should. is the first of many conversations, as you said, which I, I appreciate it. always pointing out uh, that anybody who speaks in absolutes. That's the that's the flare into the sky. That's the red flag. That's the red flag. I so, don't pretend to know for sure any of this shit. What I do know is that no one knows all of it, right. you know. And, and but you also are in literally in the business of making yeah. recommendations mm -hmm. and seeing improvements yep. or otherwise, and then adjusting your own basis of knowledge and your own feelings about a subject. So I would defer to you more than Thank someone you. in a in a random chat room. Sometimes. I read Sometimes. online I, that look, meat's bad for you. I also go to yeah, Russian like, forums on. to find out like what are fun things to do on Molly. So I'll trust Ooh. 10 year olds on exactly like what, what vapor rub I should get. But let's get back to ketamine very quickly. <laughs> Dude, that's the best. That's crazy. Breathing is amazing. You gotta tell me all, um, <laughs> all about that. So uh, Johnson & Johnson yes. getting into the ketamine game, making a, a slight offshoot of it so that they can own it and patent it and it could be their baby. They had to do something to it so that you can get it in like a nasal form, yeah. uh, a spray form, I should say, yeah. because a lot of people will insulf insulfate. Insulfate. It's a tricky ketamine. drug to get in your body. Yeah. yeah. So ketamine is an interesting drug. We, when I was in training, we only used it for like anesthesia in the intensive care unit. And even then they would talk about these, oh, people would come out having these intense dreams. And, and so we were all afraid to sort of, there's like fear around it. Mm -hmm. So then I did a ton of research cause um, well, I don't like how we're treating psychiatric disease in our country. So what I found out is no, we used ketamine historically, even as far back as the sixties to treat drug addiction, depression, suicidal ideations. Um, there were some guys in Russia in the 90s that were using it for alcohol abuse mm. to get people off of alcohol. And if you look at it, and it's all out there, the evidence is really good for it, right? But it's done through a protocol of like uh, treatment, pro uh, tr like experiences, right? So mm -hmm. I give you some ketamine, you have this experience you talk with the therapist through it or right. you don't it's not with your friend wearing a gopro filming you handing you uh, ingredients to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and be like all right here it is the youtube challenge yeah yeah Do three rails right it's you not can that. Make, make dinner no it's there's a, it's a more thoughtful therapeutic yeah. experience and again as far back as the 60s and uh one of the reasons is that's not a financially viable model right one or two treatments cures you well this is like fixing the blockages in the heart. You don't need to put any more blockages in if you fix the problem and to begin with. Right, the money's in the, the, the treatment. Daily. The cure, right? There's also like, I think a little bit of fear of when you really open people's feelings and emotions up. You open their brain up to have novel ideas and challenge the status quo. So I think there's a little bit of a system of like, let's use these suppressive mm -hmm. kind of medicines. And where did that end up us? And where did that end us up? an opioid crisis, sure. the abuse of benzos, uh, 
people with no sex lives because they're on antidepressants and they're afraid to get off of them because they don't know how to deal with their emotions and there's no mechanism in place to go and talk about it. And therapy is still thought of as a little bit of like an embarrassing thing and it's barely covered by insurances. Um, so I think that ketamine, uh, it didn't get made illegal because of its clear medical benefits. So it stayed in the kind of public domain and it's not, you can't, own ketamine because it was made uh, through uh, research that was public uh, form. So now that we have suicide and depression rate just climbing, we have people are figuring out we need to do something. So there's ketamine. That's the resurgence of ketamine clinics, ayahuasca, ibogaine, yes, yes. all these plant All medicines. these psychedelic. Yeah. Well, it's not just plant It's psychedelic experiences. Sure. Ketamine psychedelic is a weird word, but ketamine is a disassociative. So it helps you separate yourself from like the thinking process that's going on. It's very much, I try to equate it for people to like meditation, deep meditation. I, I love meditation. I love breathing exercise, breathing which I've gotten yes, into recently. Stuff, and yeah. I uh, took a shower after trying ketamine for the first time. Ooh. Uh, minutes after and had some like nice music on and felt every water droplet for a second. I was like, okay, this is cool. And it was admittedly at the time going into it, it was just more of like a, a, a frivolous pursuit of like, ah, I, you know what? Try I, I want to try, yeah. try what it is. I'm always like, uh, I'm going to grab the candle and see exactly how hot it is and hope I don't burn myself permanently. Um, that's my path. I don't recommend that for everybody. Yeah, but in either. said shower, the disassociative nature of it kicked in in a way that I wasn't expecting. I had heard about K-holes and completely losing track of yourself, looking at yourself in the third person. But I uh, realized that my shoulders were up to my ear right. from an entire week slash month slash year of stress. And I was able to let them down for go. a second yes. and see a physical manifestation, a excuse me, a visual manifestation of all my stresses. It looked like a fucking everlasting Fuck, gobstopper yeah. or like a model of the earth with the mantle and the crust and then the chewy nugget center. That's what's down there, right? Are we back to Snickers. Dinosaur bomb. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Joe Pesci's hanging out yes. there and he's angry. But I saw that ball and I was like, what is this? And I saw it like third eye style. Yeah. It wasn't in front of me, but I, I felt yeah. it. I saw it. And I realized it was my layers of stressors yes. that were on me. And I was able to look at it and kind of thumb through it and go, oh, why am I thinking about that? That problem was solved. I fixed. Why am I letting fear of that get? In, oh, I'm still holding yeah. on to residual guilt. And in instantly, in, in the first five minutes of that nice warm shower, thanks to this wonder drug. Wonder <laughs> drug. I mean, but really, like yeah, I was I'm able, with and, you on and, it. and I I'm haven't done it. it thirty times since. I'm certainly not abusing it. I'm not addicted it's to it. It's Non-addictive, and, and I, I don't feel that way. I'm not like racing back to it all the time, it, despite how glowing and wonderful that experience was. But I'm so glad that that was a tool. I in love my that you had this experience, and I'm also man. so fucking furious and angry that it's it's it is a tool, Demon, and it's demonized. It's demonized, and it, just like everything else, why why is it that I can go down? And this is a topic for the next podcast. We're well over time. But we've been going for like an hour and a half. Really? Uh, Fuck. Yeah, that yeah. felt like I'm five so, minutes. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> All I talked about was food. No, but it's good. it's good. We have a million <laughs> things to talk about, yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll definitely do more of these delicate dances. But I just, not to get on my uh, bullet. No, no, I love this. Moment, this is like, like so helpful for people. Because that you can go to the fucking corner and grab your bullshit. four locos and grab your whatever else, your, pick your poison, or that, as I say it all the time, like, 
Uh, you can wear shirts that proudly state, don't talk to me until I've had my two cups of coffee because you're addicted to caffeine or you're addicted to sugar or you're addicted to fucking hydrogenated corn syrup, yeah, whatever yeah. your poison Feeling is. like shit. Yeah, you can have your addictions because they've been deemed by somebody to yes. be too profitable yes. to stamp out or-, or no, These addictions are acceptable, these are not. Yeah. You know, and it's just not, not just ketamine. You know, the VA is doing research right now. They're in phase three clinical trials on MDMA and psilocybin because the vets are suffering and they need answers. They need solutions and they know, and these, again, you could look up these studies, they are profound effects, yes. especially in suicidal ideations. And that gets back to what you were talking about. So much of this is like this really negative, um, sort of suppressive thinking in your brain. And how do we, unlock ourselves, free ourselves from that. Ketamine disassociates you from those things, mm -hmm. thinking. And, and I wanna ask you, was the profound experience just during the actual high or did you have more of these as the high was wearing off? Because what I've noticed with folks is that it's actually as your systems come back online, right? Like you kind of separated and you're in this like, ethereal world, if you will, and then your systems start coming back online. Kind of like, oh, I could, my shoulders. 100%. You know, as they're coming online, you're like, oh, I can, I'm feeling, oh, I don't need to feel sad. I mean, I, I get where that thought is coming from now. Like you kind of separate yourself from it. You detach from it. And while like it, the sadness is the the symptom or the result of the, of the, 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 the pitch that you missed. Yeah, yes. I didn't hit that home yes. run. I failed that sales meeting. I, my daddy said this one thing yeah, to me, that's one yeah. time. But that ounce of detachment lets you look at it and go like, oh, oh, my sadness is the sort of, the, the, the chosen response. The result of To that inputs. thing. And now that I've able to look at it without sadness being the outcome, just for a moment, that ounce of perspective, now I can choose to have that be the, uh, the excuse or maybe be the explanation for the way that I feel, but I'm in control of it now because I realize it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, the emotion isn't driving me. Contro I can see that event and Control and, and choice. Yeah, but yeah. Most people don't think they have that. Like I wake up every day and I choose to be happy because I know that it's a choice. And so many people, for a lot of reasons, especially like some sad reasons, like with childhood trauma, like et cetera, sure. they don't feel they have a choice because they're locked in. Mm -hmm. And squashing their feelings doesn't cure anything. Talking through shit is a long, big process, mm -hmm. and we don't put enough energy on that. But thousands of years of human experience has shown that there are chemicals that can help expedite this healing process. Yes. If there's an emotional hurdle or wall that you're having trouble leaping, maybe a tool in a toolkit like an MDMA, a ketamine in the proper set and setting can help you Kool-Aid yeah. through that brick wall or leap over and that let's hurdle. Let's take it out of this like black market, illegal, drug propaganda, bullshit, K-hole, bullshit MDMA. Look, it's fucking dope for a Friday night as well. Don't get me wrong. You want to enjoy dubstep on another level? Go get your <laughs> roll on. Don't abuse it. Look, and, that, you know, and, that's, but, and that's a separate conversation. Yes. Fine, and I'm pretty open-minded to that too. But let's heal people. Let's, let's, let's teach physicians that there's other ways to to heal each other and not just put bandages on and not just ignore and grunt and bear through it. And then fucking people are killing themselves. Look, it's, it's real, right? Like we're not doing a good job at the beginning of life mm -hmm. and at the end of life. And we're spending all of our energy palliating in the middle of life these diseases.
these psychological, physical diseases. And it's because we're failing ourselves on the front end and then on the back end. And, and my big thing is if we start thinking about medicine and health from a more spiritual side and stop kind of being like, oh, that's Eastern medicine. No, that's real life. That's life. That's medicine. That's your health. You have to think about your spiritual health. Then you can start realizing that food affects how your spirit feels. Hugging and how you uh, interact with people affects it. Spending time in the sun affects how it. Uh, drugs affect how you feel. And all of these are tools to live a better life. All we have to do tomorrow to fix a lot of those spiritual issues do all is, the is a lot of ketamine <laughs> and give people a win in Fortnite, Apex <laughs> Legends, maybe a PUBG, Alex. Is that still relevant? But like, give yeah. them that win because have you ever felt the high of that? It's have great. you ever felt the high of that chicken dinner in PUBG? You ever seen that champion go across the screen in Apex Legends, Gary? I'll tell you, whoo, ecstatic dance. I'm celebrating. My shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> it's gone. I'm not pissing fire. I mean, I am, so but I don't feel like it. This is like when I beat I Tetris Attack on super extreme hard mode. Now you get that it. That feeling. Now you get <laughs> yes. it. Yes. We need the game genie yes. in our mental health system. I love it. Uh, Alex, you were going to say something probably about the ketamine discussion. I also you, well, heard I, just, I, I want to come to a very strange defense of the medical industrial complex because I feel a lot of people love taking a dump on it, but it's also the reason a lot of us are alive today. It's like a lot of people love shitting on the, like, Gary, is there something to be said that there's a reason it exists and there's a re like, think about something that that was I feel, like, I feel like gary mentioned that like yeah the well yeah it's like the, the perfect example of that alex is like the infectious disease yeah. versus like the metabolism right is of course western medicine is good of course it does a bunch of but it's just not the end all be all right, right? it's not this like i've had i've had something wrong with me and i needed uh antibiotics yeah thank you science but, that but was amazing but this There's, is where people get it screwed up is they they don't trust like all of it right and then they don't use antibiotics when they have an infection and then shit is really bad and then they turn like when it's too late or like cancer we have all sorts of things that can help, but there's also natural things. There's also dietary things. So it's it's about integrating it, dude. So I try to think about myself as a East, West, West doctor, an integrative medicine doctor. But honestly, I just try to think about the individual. But you guys were like, like everyone's an individual. Yeah, sorry. It, it seemed like I could be wrong. You guys were poo-pooing Johnson and Johnson for like, well, they're trying to change the 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 ketamine in no, a way molecular they're trying to make money on it I'm, dude. yeah so they can make money on I'm it I'm happy they're doing it I, that's what I'm saying I'm I love it Johnson and Johnson is doing it I wish ketamine were more available but let's I, not be let's not get it twisted they've made a very a, a, a version very, of it yeah. that they can sell on a daily basis S, right? S to ketamine I think they made a version that you can easily input your body on a regular basis yeah. but the, and the reason it's getting approval right now and by the way and so fast tracked is that part of the approval is that it has to be administered by a physician in a certain in a there's a whole it's a treatment plan there's an acronym for it i don't remember what it was but it's like yeah. some sort of treatment plan where it's it's a two-hour session with oh, a physician i'm like great that's right. awesome i still want a world where i can go down to the store and get some ketamine whether it's for recreational right. use or because i want to have some spiritual introspective and i know that i'm not getting it out of a duffel bag and it could be cut with you know a diuretic right I just give give access to tools my <laughs> dream is like a spiritual healing center right? We don't have these things. We have them as like yoga, right? Or meditation, but yeah. no, there, there's, there's chemicals out there that we can use to really fix people, fix people, heal people, not, not treat, not, not kind of make them better, but like 
get them to their best. And and that world is in front of us. There's a revolution of psychotherapy aided by these drugs. And I'm happy Johnson & Johnson is trying to make their own version so that they can make money. Good for them. Maybe they can actually fix people. Maybe I'll be... Maybe I'll you'll be minister. I'll it. be like the. I will be. I, I'm. I'm all for it. You know. So I, I think it's great. I just think we constantly need to question, and and I hate. I hate this idea that I'm Western medicine. I'm Eastern medicine. I don't believe in antibiotics. Uh, only natural. Or I'm. Oh, you have to take antibiotics. I can't believe you would try something. It's like no. Like it's all of it. We need to be thoughtful. We need to be thoughtful to ourselves and about the system and not poo-poo anything. But just question everything. Also, let's question stop using everything. the term poo-poo. Poo-poo. No, Please people do want to hear it more. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't bring that into this conversation. Was there, um, a, a, like, we are well over time, but was there, like, a, an interesting um, anecdote or question from chat that we should throw well, out? There's a lot of people not understanding. Gary kept recommending fish oil, and oh, yeah. everyone was like, what? I always okay, hear okay. fish oil. Why the fuck do I have to All eat right, fish so oil? Because uh, I take a krill, uh, like, krill, I try not uh, to yeah. do animal supplements. I know that there's an algae-based version of this, which is apparently good enough. I haven't researched enough. Uh, researched Researched it enough, but I had leftover krill oil supplements, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Antarctic krill Antarctic oil. Krill, so I've been, I love it. I've been jamming that into my krill craw uh, for a while. I'll look into the non-animal byproduct version of that, but but quickly, yeah, yeah. why? So why? we want to metabolize fat in the best way possible. Our when you eat really healthy grass-fed beef or really healthy white oily fish, it has lots of omega-3 fatty acids mm -hmm. as compared to omega-6 fatty acids. To have a good fat metabolism, we need to have a good proportion, the proper proportion of omega-3 to omega-6s. You need both. You need but both, but you need, right. And our diet as it is now is very heavily weighted to the omega-6. And it's What are the sources of that? Where, where well, are we it's still fat. From? It's still fat. Okay. It's just a different kind of fat. Uh, I don't want, it's like way too detailed and we can have a whole freaking three hour conversation we about will fat. Yeah, but um, the omega-3s, uh, we need a good ratio, and so uh, it's very hard to eat like little fish. Like I eat sardines five days a week because I that's my that's my supplement, and I love it. Um, but it's hard to ask people to do that. It's hard to always get the best kind of beef, and and you don't even really know half the time what you're getting, uh, or you don't eat beef. And so um, uh, fish, white oily white fish, are the best source of omega three. So is like salmon and oysters and these other. There's a lot of other products, but it's hard to consume them and it's not part of our diet. So a good omega-3 supplement will sort of counterbalance that high omega-6 input and give you a better ratio, help your fat burning metabolism. Um, MCT oil is in that same world of like, it's a medium chain triglyceride, another kind of fat that helps your liver uh, with the metabolism of fat and kind of primes it to burn fat. Again, real complicated conversation, but it's suffice to say that we've screwed up our fat understanding and uh, we need to get better at that. Uh, fish oil pills are literally just the oil from the fish. Krill is a kind of fish that's just really potent Super in the omega-3s. Yeah. And uh, so I like that. Um, and so the reason why I recommend that is because we're all living in America and we're all eating this food. And so we're kind of fighting against the grain on that. 
But this will like to to the the too long didn't read like dumb dumb headline is that it helps you metabolize fat more. So you're gonna burn fat instead of storing it. Yeah. Because we have plenty of fat that we're all yeah. storing all the time. And doctors recommend it because it makes your lipid profile look better. Like it makes your good HDL cholesterol look better. They're lipid shaming. <laughs> these these Instagrammers with their sweet lipids and their yeah. filters. It's like those mm. hot lipids. I like how you and said I'm like, lipid. I'm, I'm proud of my lipids. Oh yeah. <laughs> Soon we're gonna be posting our lipid panels on uh <laughs> or on. IG. <laughs> I love it. I mean, look. Uh, I want to cut, dude. Oh, you, yeah, okay, it's, fine. It's almost one o'clock. Oh, my and God. I, I, I missed two calls, which is why I rudely okay. looked at my phone there. And that's my I can't that, stop. I schedule. I love I, it. I, I Thank wanna, you so much. Thank you. This is for amazing. coming on. We've been long overdue for this chat. Uh, I hope it was painless. Flattered. No, was this it? is amazing. I love it. Good. This is great. How do people. And this is beautiful. Your studio is incredible, uh, dude. Thank this you, is sir. so fun. Appreciate that. That's just because you don't have uh, like a perspective on it. This is uh, a garbage. Uh, garbage. Uh, how do people find you and follow your recommendations and learn about your yeah. clinic and your treatments? And now is the time to ride the promo pony. Right, right, right. So if you want to just follow me, um, I'm at, uh, at Dr. Dr. Gary Evolve on Instagram. I have three projects. So I have my clinic here in Los Angeles. Evolve Healthcare, that's evolvehealthcare.com. And then I have a company called Sapien, and it's an education company, and we're really trying to promote a lot of the stuff I'm talking about. Um, so we have a Food Lies is our documentary that's coming out. You can follow that at Food Lies. Um, and then you can check out the company, sapien.org. And we've got a bunch of projects, uh, an app to help people learn and be connected with health coaches. We have um, a podcast called Peak Human Podcast. Um, that's all the scientists and nutrition on there. So anyway, check those out and reach out to me if you have questions. Come check me out in my clinic. I can be your doctor. I was distracted by the shirtless dudes and avocados on that Sapien website. It just went <laughs> off the screen, but man, you had oh, me Oh, oh right. You yeah, had me I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, check us out. <laughs> I'm available. I'm taking new patients. Holla. Love it. Holla, Love it. Holla. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Um, you should probably, there's a lot of sick people waiting to talk to you, so you yeah. should probably chat with them. Yeah. I'm ready. You probably owe some of the money. I had patients this morning. <laughs> Gary's my what? doctor. You can check up on me. This could be yeah. a work thing. Yeah, Gary. how's Alex? Should we be concerned? You should see this guy's lipid profile. Um, Woo! Hot it's lipids. mad sexy. The youthful lipid. Ooh, Dude, Gary, Gary, that HDL life. Gary saved my life. <laughs> go on. Oh, go on. Uh, Quickly. I, actually, I don't know if I should talk about, you prescribed me something that, that literally changed my professional life, Gary. I don't know if I, that's something I should talk about. Why don't we save it? for another podcast we could dive into it <laughs> okay or at, I, you, I have no personal are you his doctor feel good are you giving him I'm, bullshit what did i give you i know what i have no we'll idea what i gave after him. and it's it is good and that's good if it's is something good good is this something real eh, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah no no i remember yes people miss yes this is a whole conversation people miss you <laughs> don't, don't say what it ah. is don't say what it is gary thank, thank you. you again the uh, instagram profile oh uh dr gary evolve dr gary evolve go give him a follow thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you are eating all the fatty fish Holla. in the world. I hope you're snorting your cat. I mean, uh, what? Do, just avocado a day keeps the doctor away. That's right. Cut it into a line. Get it the up avocado. there. Avocado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Ooh. a great, it's a great hole for anything. It's a great way to get all the things in your Insufflation. Insufflation. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back Friday with an office hours. Me and Alex. Alex, you got a show tonight on the uh, twitch.tv slash cyber garbage. Yes, we do. That's it. Seven Head on over there. Thank you guys for subscribing to this podcast. Uh, thank you for backing at patreon.com slash pointless pod. I appreciate each and every dollar uh, you throw my way. But if you don't have money to spend, that's okay. It's tough. These days, you're trying to buy all the grass-fed beef in the world, and you should. If you don't have extra, <laughs> use your social currency and just tell people that this fucking thing exists. And if they bring it into their life and it brings them a smile or distracts them from some pain, then tell them 
to go and spend their money because I need it more than they do. Patreon.com slash PointlessPod. Thank you all for backing this. I will see you Friday. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.